All right, this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. I'm here with James Sands and Cole Grover. All right. Um, yeah, they both brought their beautiful, beautiful vehicles today. Um, James pulling up in the McLaren. Yes, sir. And then uh, Cole rolling up in the Tacoma. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoy that color. It's really good. I, sexy ass blue. I got lucky with it. I didn't even like originally pick it out. It was it was just like one that they brought me, and I would like I would have never picked that out. Just like I guess to like if I had my choice, but then they brought it to me. I was like, that works. Perfect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how some of this shit works. Um, yeah, I just I think we we talked about it outside. I'll bring it up on the podcast. Is that uh, I'm like falling asleep at the wheel, so I just wrecked my brand new rims. Fucking not even a month. It was like. Almost three grand for these fucking rims, and I just, just obliterated them. So they're gold on my white Mercedes, which I'm in love with. Um, I was gonna need some underglow. Like I got so much plans for that Mercedes. My wife hates that car, but I'm still in love with it. I don't. <laughs> the underglow is coming back. It really is. Like I'm ready to fucking fast and the furious this shit. Yeah, need I'm for excited. speed underground. <laughs> All right, and it's funny because it's we just what we were talking about the pants and shit that come back. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that like my uncle told me when I was a kid. He's like, every couple of years, the fads regenerate. Like, mm-hmm. they just redo itself. Like, the punk comes back, and then, like, mm-hmm. just everything, right? And so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the shit my mom used to wear when I was a kid. So I'm a, I'm a 90s baby, right? I was born in 90, but... Uh, 91. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so the stuff my mom wore was, like... Literally what you're wearing now. Like, mm-hmm. you may think you're hot, but, like, I don't appreciate it because you yeah. remind me of my mother. Yeah, you know? like, for sure. This little hippie bullshit clothes you're wearing. How are your crystals doing? Don't the worry, mom's, my mom has a bun on swag, that. man. Yeah, dude, what the yeah. fuck? These uh, remind me of Keds. You remember Keds, the shoes? No, I don't. They're just, like, very basic plain shoes, and the plain shoes are coming back, too. No logo, no nothing. Just flat sole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I've actually... I've never had a pair of Vans. I was Chucks for, for life, right? Uh-huh. I got a, I got this pair of Vans because I'm just like, I just want slip-ons. I'm old. I'm fucking yeah. lazy. Yeah. I throw them on. I'm like, these are the best. Because, I mean, they're not crazy comfortable. But they're so easy. Mm-hmm. And they just go everywhere. And then I'm looking around. Everybody's wearing Vans. Again. Yep. Like, what? Yeah, hey, Vans! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> these are literally my everyday, all-the-time shoe. Yeah. yeah, you've been wearing those since I met you. Yeah, dude. And as soon as these start to go bad, I'm going to go buy another pair that are exactly the same. Yep. <laughs> I finally found the black-on-black slip-ons. Those yeah. are in the house. I, I wear those, too. Because, I mean, I hate these ones. They're checkered and shit. Like, I feel like these make a slight sa- statement. <laughs> that I don't really know what that statement is, and I don't really give a fuck. But <laughs> you like chess. Yes, I do like chess, actually. I'm very good. Are you like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm amazing. But, like... Not the kind of, like, I wasn't in chess club. Mm-hmm. So I prefer to win on strategy, not because I know that if you move here, I'm supposed to move there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not the guy who memorized all the fucking moves, but I'll probably still beat you. Yeah. Unless you know all the moves. I right? don't know. <laughs> I don't know a single move. That, that show, uh, Queen's Gambit, was pretty damn good, though. I don't know. I haven't seen that. Really? Yeah. I've been I, getting way into anime lately. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never been into that, but I'm probably I missing out. I make fun out. of people, man, all the time. And then I found out, like, when I was, like, 20, I was like, oh, anime for fucking nerds or whatever. And he's like, you watch Dragon Ball Z, though. You have a Dragon Ball Z shirt. And I'm like, yeah, Dragon Ball Z is this, this shit. Mm-hmm. So that's anime. And I'm like, what? So there's more of these shows yeah. everywhere? Yeah. And I've been making fun of you for watching them? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> 
So now I'm crazy into it. I've been, I have a, a tattoo scheduled uh, on tomorrow. I'm gonna get Zoro. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, it's from One Piece. He's gonna be right here. Oh no, I was picturing the other Zoro, the Mexican one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like from One Piece. Like I have to make sure people know what I'm talking about. But I have, I think, nine characters. I'm gonna fill this whole fucking arm with. Oh, that's and nice. they're all gonna have their sayings. Mm-hmm. Like Zoro's is uh, nothing happened. I don't know if you ever watched One Piece or anything like that. That he's what? Oh, I was just gonna say that's one of the big ones I haven't got into yet. One Piece? Um, oh, fuck, it's so long. There's just so many episodes. I feel <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> I know, and the thing is, it starts. Everyone gets mad because they're like, oh, "I started watching it and it sucks." I'm like, "So you watched like the first season and it wasn't the best?" Yeah. And so you quit, and there's like thirty seasons. I'm not gonna oh. lie. That's that's what I I watched the first two or three episodes and I couldn't get past it. So I need to go back and just kind of commit myself to watching it. It's, it's amazing. It's okay. now one of my favorite animes. That's what I, everybody that watches it, that's what they I'm tell me. I'm almost done. I have like 20 more episodes. Damn. What are the top five if someone's going to get into anime? Shit. Okay. Naruto. Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. Yeah, so Naruto, you got your Dragon Ball Z. Those are the big ones, mm-hmm. the big boys. And then you got Bleach, which is an older one, which I really appreciate. I'm a big blade person. I like swords. So I like Bleach a lot, but uh, One Piece for sure, dude. I fucking love One Piece. My Hero Academia is really good, too. That's one of the new school ones. That yeah. I, it's it's good. Uh, I really do enjoy it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Tokyo Ghoul was really good. That's a that's a bit of a... That, that, one, that was one of those, like, you ever watch a show where, like, the first two seasons are fucking phenomenal? And the second season, they, like, try too hard to make it good and oh. it sucks ass? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was headed for just such fucking greatness, and they're like, "By the way, this guy's a pussy now," and you're like, "Boo!" <laughs> There's lots of shows like that. They try and recreate their initial greatness. Game of Thrones did the thing. You know, first three seasons were just this creative, bizarre type of thing, and then they realized they had something, and then the fourth season, they're like, "Well, how do we beat Game of Thrones?" So they're trying to like beat. Yeah you know, force themselves. It's just that it never translates the same. I don't like talking about Game of Thrones. It, it's one of those shows where I was so invested into it for years, and then yeah. the last couple seasons let me down yeah. so bad that I... Yeah, bent you over. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the first two seasons, and I was good. I'm done. Oh, really? I mean, it just... Well, I, I'm a huge... I, I don't know if I look like it or not, but I'm a huge fantasy fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, like, dragons, medieval, like, sword fighting, all that other bullshit, right? And it just, it just wasn't enough for me. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I loved watching that, uh, Jason Momoa fucked that chick. Yeah. I was into <laughs> that, dude. Like, she was hot, he was hot, I'm into it. I'd have been involved however they let me. I really don't care. Uh, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but, like, besides titties everywhere, I was kind of like, the story's just kind of all over the place. And it's like, I don't know, it was just too much. I felt like they yeah. were just trying too hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're sometimes just taking a good story and just elaborating on it. That's, well, that's all you gotta do. That's the only reason I finished the last two seasons, though, is for the possibility of seeing titties. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so hard to do. Titties are the bomb, is, dude. You know? Titties are the bomb. You need to see some boobs on a screen where you're having to watch Game of Thrones for that? <laughs> I, no, I appreciate it. I know a few it, websites that just came out. A few websites? <laughs> Jesus. God. They're Jeez. brand new. You've never heard of them. <laughs> You have to send those to me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, man, how, actually, I want to I hit that out of fucking nowhere. 
porn? Oh, great question. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. specifically a question as it was, but uh, how do you guys feel about... I know there's some women that, that consider like dudes watching porn cheating. How do you feel about that? It's not cheating. I've had a big, um, I guess, maybe big isn't even the right word to start that off. I've had a... It's a very interesting concept to me because I've thought about it a lot and have tried the whole no fap, porn free... Um, and if you're not familiar with those, porn free is pretty self-explanatory. No fap is, is this almost cult-like internet thing where if you don't masturbate, don't watch porn for an extended period of time, it somehow is rewiring your brain to reuse the energy and, um, essentially reset yourself, which I've dabbled with both. I think that Porn is, is, dude, we could probably have a whole podcast on it. Right. First, first thing is that it's, uh, it's, there's, there's unlimited types of ways you can abuse your dopamine. So it's not even as much about porn. Is it about your brain's getting tricked to think that it achieves something? You know, we want dopamine to, you go out in the world and you accomplish something and you get that hit, you know, you make a sale, you, um, ask a girl out, you do something and you get that reward but with porn, we're just, like, abusing our reward center. So it's, like, the first time you discover it, it's this crazy, exciting, holy shit thing, and it feels amazing. And then, you know, you're you're 25 years old, been watching it for 10 years, and it's just a, it's just a way of, I don't feel very good right now. Yeah, and you're frustrated because they're like, why can't I put it there? Everyone is okay with me putting it there. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't like that. That shit hurts. Why? <laughs> we'll just get lube. You know what I mean? Like, I'm confused. Yeah. You don't it, want to hang from your ankles and get yep. throat fucked? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. There's there's just the... It's, it's fucking with your dopamine centers, just yeah. like a lot of things. It's also... Um, it, at the base level, it's just... It is unrealistic, and sometimes we forget yeah. that. And then, additionally, it... I think... I don't think it's all bad, but I think if you were going to do a net sheet, I'd say it's not good but it's not like you're gonna it's gonna destroy your life it can has a potential to yeah i do feel like it definitely does but it's even just being a uh, every week porn user it's like you you know it's fucking your dopamine up and it's also you just don't feel you know after you're done how do you feel just just let your emotions tell you you know honestly it depends on what i finish too because <laughs> sometimes I'm very ashamed, and Weird. sometimes I'm just like, "All right, yep. moving on." You know? Yeah, I think additionally, it has some some positives. You know, nothing can be all good or bad. It's like, what if what if you're in a relationship and you don't watch porn, you don't do anything, and you're in this situation where you're like, "I'm not." Well, let's say you do no fap, and you're like, "I'm not even going to masturbate." It's a lot of pressure to put on your partner. It's like, right. you're my only sexual outlet, you know? So porn has a has, has some use as an outlet, but it's just, you know, it is a, something every, I think, person, not just man, has to have some relationship with. Or that's, else. that's a very good point, because yeah. you do also have to measure who you're with, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because there's, I've been with women where I don't even need porn, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're bugging me mm-hmm. all day f- to get more of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, chill the fuck, like... I'm horny as shit. How are you outdoing me here? Like, I'm confused. Yeah. If I get hard, I, I want to use it. Yeah. And I'm at the point where I'm just like, you're going to have to wake it up. You know what I mean? Like, this is bullshit. But I've also been with women like uh, that just 
are very, very, very vanilla mm-hmm. and very just like once a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And for them, I do also feel like... like I mean, so, I had to be honest here. My wife's one of those, right? Well, she'd be cool with like... Honestly, she told me she'd be cool with like once a month. I'm like, if it doesn't happen every other day, I'm going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. You right. know? So, not to mention that every other day... Let's make it a scheduled every other day because I'm jerking off in between those. Mm-hmm. You know, for your own safety. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like I don't need to sexually assault you. And it, and that's the thing, too, is, is, you know, I would never do something like that. But at the same time, being sexually frustrated is, is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, very, it can really affect your relationship. Mm-hmm. But, and there's the whole train of thought where the sexual frustration is there because there's this energy inside of you. That you're used to with porn or with sex even just releasing. And it's like, well, I need to get rid of this. I need to get rid of this. I need to get rid of this. Like, it just charges up every three days. Has to go. You know, has to go. But there's another train of thought, which I am not coming from a place where I feel like I'm there yet. But I know that people talk about you can take that energy and somehow transmute it into doing something else. Doing something more positive Mm -hmm. with it. Not saying that's easy each time that I've been there and like okay i'm gonna take this frustration and turn it into something else it just ends up with this like difficult uh mindset of just like split focus yeah so yeah i mean who fucking knows the answer to be honest <laughs> right so I, I i think uh it's kind of the same with everything i don't even know why we're on the subject but it's the same with everything overuse is is too much there's always too much and there's always too little right so i don't think jerking off I think as my sexual preference, I need to come at least once a day. Mm. That's where I'm at, you know, whether it's healthy or not or whatever, I feel better if I do. And if I'm having a super shit day, I'm going to go crank one out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. make my, get that dopamine, abuse my dopamine a little bit. Mm. Cause sometimes you do just need that push start. Yeah. I feel, you know, like, like sometimes I'm like stuck in a rut and I just go in there, bust out some knuckle children, come out, and we're good to go, bro. You know? And then you separate, though, like, masturbation plus versus porn and masturbation. Right. Versus just porn. Well, There's I gotta some use weirdos. porn to masturbate. Well, that's, that's the question is, do you? Well, I, I mean, so for me, when I'm, when I'm masturbating, I'm kind of going in there to kind of get some shit done. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so I'm not in there. It's, it, it's the same thing when I used to drink. I didn't drink because I like the taste. Right. I'm trying to get fucking drunk. Yeah. Right? So, like, when I go to masturbate, I'm trying to just bust this shit out and get done with my day. Mm-hmm. So, could I masturbate without it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could, like, sit there with my wife jerking it on the bed and I'll just jerk it. Like, you know, it'll take <laughs> yeah. me 20 fucking minutes. Yeah. But I could do it. Mm-hmm. And if that's part of the game, that's part of the game. I could also... Sexual frustration is almost also really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, edging and shit, I'm very into that. Like, I'll go a whole <laughs> fucking week without coming... If we planned it that way. Yeah. You know, because I'm busting waterfalls on you after that shit, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But. Absolutely. But it's still got to be the game, too. We're, we're both playing, like, she's also got to understand how sexually frustrated I am and to kind of keep that going so it doesn't turn into me just being a dick. Yep. It's like, I'm a little too frustrated for this little game. Yeah. It's like, it's been too long. I'm, yeah. I'm done, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think since, uh, since I started having sex, I don't think I've gone longer than a week mm-hmm. my entire life without having sex so that's that's just sex not to mention masturbation <laughs> you know what i mean like so yeah uh, i'm kind of stuck in that rut but i do also feel like it, it sets a lot of uh, false expectations mm-hmm. like i mean female and male wise like females most women are kind of cool with just kind of normal things right mm-hmm. i mean they may want to try some other shit 
sometimes, but they're not trying to do that every fucking time. Mm-hmm. And a dude, I gotta say, I've gone 45 minutes. That shit hurts. Yeah. My dick is raw, bro. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter how many how much lube I'm using, my shit hurts. That's not that's unnecessary. And you got three hour porns. What did this take you six days to fucking do? This is yeah, crazy. A lot of them did. A lot of them are two day shoots. Right. And not to mention, I had a buddy who was doing porn. He's telling me like there's a shot they do at the base of their dick. Mm-hmm. It gives them like six inches or three three to six inches depending on who you are. Everybody's body's different. And you're so fucking erect, it's insane. That's where you get like that veiny, bulgy cock, yeah. <laughs> right? Cause I never time, realized that. I know that it's smoke and mirrors at right. the end of the day, right? And you could tell more more with like older porn mm-hmm. that like they're really just that was the same scene but from this direction, mm-hmm. you know? Like, but now they're getting really good at it, but, mm-hmm. and they got all the pills and shit. But the other thing he said, he's like, I did porn for like two two or three years. He's like, if I don't take a rhino, I'm not I'm not getting hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like his dick just does not work on its own anymore. Huh. Yeah, that's the. I could never be a porn star. I think every person has thought about being a porn star. I just, I just could, could not. You know, it's different if you, you and your uh, girlfriend are doing OnlyFans or something, and it's just like just you, and that's just a, another thing you're doing. But right. it's, it's always fun to, to have this expectation of what it would be like and all the times when we create expectation it's like we forget all the shitty stuff that comes along with it like oh you have to say when you're when every time you're asked what you do you have to lie or say i'm a porn star and like i don't know about you too but if i had to have my identity being a porn star i would feel like i was it just wouldn't really line up with me that's that's a very different thing yeah you know so when you say that it that kind of <clears throat> okay, so there is a big difference, right? So I get what you're saying. Like, if you were to tell someone you're a porn star, they would encompass your entire life around you're a porn star. You probably mm-hmm. are fucking different women and videotaping it every day. Mm-hmm. Right? When really, it's like, that's your job. Like, every once a month, you're going in there doing a shoot. Yep. You're almost like an actor. It's really not as awesome and glorified as, as everyone says it is. Sure, you're having sex with beautiful women, but like, like what most guys don't understand is you can have sex with beautiful women. Stop being a pussy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <clears throat> most of those women don't even get hit on. Yeah. They're too afraid of it. Yeah. I'd always hit on them and be like, if they shoot me down immediately, I'd be like, oh, you didn't think I was hitting on you, did you? Yeah. Eights and above to ride this. I'm sorry, sweetheart. And I'd just, like, leave <laughs> and they'd be so hurt. I, I heard of a dude, first. I'm sure you guys both know him, Andy Frisella, who used to have the same mindset as just go hit on the hottest chick you can see right. or ask him out. And if they start to come at you weird, just be like, oh, no, I was just telling you you have a booger in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know that. I like that. That's good. And then they'd be like, oh, fuck. And then, like, oh, sorry, I just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, sometimes there are those women you come up to and they're like... And like, no. They just no. say no. Yeah. No. What? No. Like, I just need you to get the fuck out of my way. Like, you're in my way right now. Can you move? Yeah. But, yeah. It's a little frustrating. Women, you know, and that's the thing, too, is that... People don't understand women, you know, maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe she doesn't want to be bothered. Maybe she's got a breakup. Like, chill the fuck out. Don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also, you know, men do have this entitlement. Like, you know, if you're a man and you're doing something and another man comes up and starts bothering you, are you a little annoyed at them? Probably. Like, you know, get the fuck out of my space. But then if you're a woman and then a man comes up to you, it's almost like the man feels like you're entitled to their time. And it's like... 
they don't have the same ability to be like, we'll just get the fuck out I of my face. I do think there needs to be a mutual understanding on that part. Because I do know what you're saying, but at the same part, if a guy walks up and he's in my shit, I'll be like, dude, can you please fuck off? Yeah. Like, I'm in the middle of doing something. You know? And I would speak like that to a dude. I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. But if I were to go up to a woman and she's like, oh, I'm really not interested in talking to anybody right now. That's when you go, okay, mm-hmm. go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, don't be a, that entitled, entitled dickhead yeah. that, like, she, oh, well, let me buy you a drink. Okay, buy her a fucking drink. Then get the fuck out of here. She yeah. doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. You know? Like, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. But... I think, though, us being men have never been a beautiful woman before, and I can tell you just watching, you know, my girlfriend exist in the world, it'd be fucking annoying, dude. Like, you go to the dollar store, and you're wearing just scrubby whatever clothing, because you don't want to be hit on, you go in and, like, five creeps are, like, following you around the store. It's just, to be honest, if I took my consciousness and put it in into a beautiful woman's I'd be like can you guys all just fuck off like just go the fuck away like so I guess I wouldn't be surprised if women have been hit on so much by annoying ass dudes that they start with get the fuck away from me yeah I guess that's fair I didn't think too much about that (laughs) this would be so annoying think about you like what if you were just getting harassed all the time because you're just fucking voluptuous just like you are but in a a woman form man it would suck I'd be so annoyed I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, if it was constant, it'd get annoying. Yeah. But, like, I do like getting hit on. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. You know what I mean? And I do feel like it's the same thing with, with women, too. But I hit on women constantly, like, but more of, like, a, like, hey, your eyes are absolutely gorgeous. I just need you to know that. I hope you have a great day. And, like, leave. Yeah. I'm not trying to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really just trying to make sure that your whole day is probably fucking amazing now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit needs to be more prevalent. Absolutely. Right? Because we need something with our dicks. Yeah. I mean, if you were just stop being a pussy and realize you can get as much pussy as you actually want if you're not a dickhead, you know, I just feel like there's, there's so much back and forth on that shit, dude. <sighs> Anyways, lending. <laughs> mortgage not porn um anyway so let, let's kind of go over that right um mm-hmm. we're all in real estate you guys do mortgage lending um you own dc lending yes sir. <clears throat> you work with dc lending yep with not for yep that's right he can okay. go wherever the fuck he, he wants <laughs> yeah <laughs> powerful man well not just that i mean i i would appreciate the fact that you know that he can Mm-hmm. And he chooses to work with you. That yep. says a lot to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's uh, no one on our team that we, you know, we know we could lose anyone at any time. Cause, right. And so it's like, as a boss, as an owner, if if someone leaves and you get your feelings hurt, it's, it's not they're leaving you. It's that you didn't provide enough value for them to want to stay. Right. And in some cases, you know, it's not a good fit. But, you know, it's like, just like anything, you have to... Show up, you have to be a good enough boss, you have to listen to your people enough that they feel heard, and you guys all feel like you're on the same, you know, mission together, because the second you get a little too big for your head and think like, oh, it's, you know, I've, I'm just sitting back and collecting checks and all these people are working for me, blah, 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 then they're like, oh, well, you know, director's mortgage sounds pretty good right now. And, y- no, you know, people, <laughs> as an example, XYZ Mortgage Company sounds right, pretty good, go. but... Um, you know, people are really the greatest asset. So without, like without all of our team right now, it would just be, 
you know, me and the other owner and what, you know, we're, so you know, we're nothing. So, um, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I feel like you guys could probably handle your own shit. You yeah. know what I mean? You can for sure. But, um, I do appreciate a lot of, uh, I've just heard really good things, you know, that you guys are really good teachers, you know, it's, it's just a good place to work and yeah, I appreciate it. And you're right Man. next to Syrup Trap. Or at least you were. <laughs> yeah. That shit's bomb, dude. Yeah. That shit is bomb. You're, uh, I saw your wife there probably like a month or so ago, two months or so ago. Did she tell you about that? Um, I think I think so. I went in there I think earlier in the day, and she was bummed I didn't grab her anything because I was being a selfish prick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so she. Had I don't to think go that's in. fair either. Though. Sometimes I'm hungry. If you wanted food, I'll go get you some. But dude, like... sometimes I'm too hungry that all I have enough like brain focus for is like I have to get myself food and then I can think about you it's if I think about both of us I'm gonna sit here and just shake in a corner (laughs) well that's why everybody here gets mad at me because like I'll cook for you but like I need my pre-meal meal meal. Mm -hmm. like I'm sitting there eating while cooking because I'm not gonna be able to get this done without being irritated if I don't eat totally Mm -hmm. but yeah I saw her uh, and I think it was her friend or some shit she was with but um yeah, so how do you feel about lending? Hit me, Cole. About just lending in general? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like, what's the process? All that other shit. Let's hear it from you. So the, I guess the process, you mean from like the, the client's perspective? Absolutely. Or, um, so I guess from their perspective, lending uh, is the boring side of real estate <laughs> that nobody wants to do. Because, you know, every, everybody that's wanting to buy a home, you know, they're they're they get excited about going and looking at houses, you know, the end yeah. goal. And then they find out that there's like a bunch of paperwork involved, <laughs> right. you know, and that's, that's where we come in. And it's, it's a necessary thing to get. Cause you know, not everybody just has, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a house with. So it's, it's a necessary thing that we have to go through. And we try to, I guess, alleviate as much pain as we can through that process. Cause it is a hard process. It's, it's stressful going through all that, but um, I don't know. I, we we try to do our our best as far as like making it simple and easy for anybody that works with us. We we try to you know go out of our way to make it I guess easy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I guess well, that's my thoughts from from their side is you know like it's it's a stressful thing that we try to make not stressful if possible. Right, as possible. Yeah. Because if you think it's not going to be stressful, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is some of the most money you're going to be dealing with ever for most mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know? And and we have to facilitate that. we got to make your, you guys facilitate the money part and all that other shit. And I used to uh, <clears throat> get a client, and, you know, everyone's excited to go see houses. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, here's the lender's number, but, like, let's go look at a few that you think would be maybe in your price range and all this other shit. I can see you guys smiling, you know, like... That's fucking stupid. Yeah. I just showed them a $500,000 house that they're nowhere near going to be able to afford, that they're now comparing their 350 range mm-hmm. to this $500,000 house, and I just screwed everything. I didn't think about that. Do you actually, they go see and envision, and people get their hopes up, and that's one thing, you know, but if you go and picture yourself living in a $500,000 house, and then oh, yeah. you get that 350 limit back, and you go see everything, everything's going to be a shithole, yeah. you know? It's going to be Well, like I'd say every hundred up until about five mm-hmm. is its own type of home mm-hmm. it, it comes with its own basic amenities you know like like a, you're looking at five hundred thousand dollars probably a little more space mm-hmm. you know somewhere in the 15 to two thousand square foot mm-hmm. three to four bedrooms somewhere in there at least in clark county right and it's gonna have a lot of them they're gonna have granite standard mm-hmm. 
You know, they're going to have tile in their bathrooms. They're going to have that kind of shit. You look at 350, and you'll get that shit if the previous owner decided they wanted that shit bad mm-hmm. enough to put it in. You mm-hmm. know, because it's just hard, man. And it's funny, too, because a lot of times, if someone's... Well, not all the time, but sometimes people are coming from an apartment, maybe. Yeah. And apartments, luxury apartments, you know, 1500 bucks a month might have granite everything and nice finishes. So they, they kind of expect that in a, a house until they realize that, you know, that apartment was made three years ago and it's quartz, not, yeah. you know, granite. But it might actually have worse finishings, but it's yours. You know, you can right. change it and do whatever you need. That's something, uh, that's something people... I say that a lot, right? So I do a lot of... Uh, I did a lot of the work in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So the tile, the hardwood, I put in that, that's real hardwood in that fucking house. And it sucked ass to put in the whole fucking <laughs> thing. It was terrible. Uh, all the tile, all that shit. So I, I do always tell them, you know, like, the good thing is that it doesn't have what you want yet. Mm-hmm. Because someone else could have put something there that is what you kind of wanted, but it's not what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now you get to customize this house completely to you. Mm-hmm. Too nice to change, but... You right, know. right. Too nice <laughs> but to, you don't really love it. Too nice to complain about, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, it, it is it is quartz. You know, I wanted granite, but mm-hmm. but like that person put in quartz, I can't replace quartz with granite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a dumb move. Yeah, it already looks decent. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just yeah. yeah. I think something uh, a lot of people need to maybe not need to, but. Uh, a good thing to kind of like take into consideration too is if you know you're in that 350 range and you want 500,000, you can get that 350 house now, make payments on it for a couple of years, and you can actually use it as a tool to help get that $500,000 right. house a few mm-hmm. years down the road, you know? Like, you know, because you instead of just like paying an apartment complex, you know, that your money's going to them, it's going nowhere. But if you get, you know, Three hundred fifty thousand dollar house. You make payments on it. Your money. You're actually building equity yep. that you can later down the road use for a giant down payment or something like sell it. Use it for a huge down payment and get that house that you actually want. Right. A, yeah. a lot of people don't get it. I work with a lot of first time home buyers, and that's something we kind of go over. Um, I have a little sheet that I have everybody fill out, a little questionnaire on what you want out of your home, and um, it's good. Like I think it's like forty fucking questions. Nice. There you go. Right. And the thing I go is okay. So, this is your first house ever. Pick five that are important to you. And I really need them to understand the fact that these things, these 40 things that you wanted out of your first fucking house, expect hopefully maybe five. Mm -hmm. Because this is not your forever home. Mm -hmm. It may be if you choose to put the work in and to, to make it your forever home. But this isn't your forever home. Pick the five biggest, most important things, and I need them in order. Right? Biggest... It's a not-so-biggest deal. And then we'll go from there. Because if I can get the two biggest deals on your thing done, and maybe the fourth or fifth or the fifth, whatever, three out of the five, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Because this is really just, like you're saying, just a tool. Mm-hmm. The uh, ends to a means. Means to an end. Means to an end. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's walking through some of these houses. People don't get as excited as I do because I like... Like flipping houses and like mm. fixing shit or whatever, right? So I walk through a, a shithole and I'm like, perfect. They tore that wall down for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's quite open now where everybody else is like, that, that wall's on the ground. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you can just move it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just break it the rest of the way, throw it outside. It's I'm, I'm one of the people who doesn't have yet. I don't really have the vision with houses. I have the vision with other things. Um, 
but for some reason, like when I walk into a house, I just see what's there and I can see small things like, oh, I could probably change the countertops, but I don't ever see the like walls can move and this space could be open up, you know, like the classic joke is, you know, bust down that wall and put in an island. Like I always hear that, but I don't really see that when I walk in. Some other people do. Well, the thing is, it's my job to go through there and create a vision, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's my job. I tell everybody. We're going to keep looking at houses until you tell me where your couch is going to go, where your TV is going to be, mm-hmm. and where your dining room table is going to be at. Because mm-hmm. until you can see you live in here, it's not it. Yeah. yeah. You know? And this market is hard as fuck. Yeah. Right? Like, I got quite a few clients I'm working with, and they just, like, like half of them quit. You know? Just because it's so hard right now. I can't get offers accepted. It's mm-hmm. fucking annoying. So, but at the same time, like, you, like every time I need them. Every time they open the door, they're not going to see your guys' face. They're going to see my fucking face. Sure, yeah. it's true. They forget the finance person. They just... They really do. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> fine. You know, it's, it's not It's not a problem. It comes with its perks. It comes with its, you know, what's not fun about it. You know, we can do a lot of work where we don't see the client face-to-face. And that's cool, but it's also not, you know. <laughs> There's different levels to lending. You could do the most base low touch whatever you want to call it type of lending where it's hey internet lead i can i can uh, get you into a house here's my online application fill it out upload your docs to it hey here's my pre-approval letter i'm sending over to you uh here's a good real estate agent you guys go do the personal stuff find the house i get a contract you know right here's the okay uh person we sending an email you know can you give me this doc, this doc, this doc, you close it this time. And it's like, you could do everything where they never see your face and could even never hear your voice. Right. Like, th- that's a possibility. So you start here and then, you know, they close, you get paid, that's dope, one year later, uh, they don't remember you at all. You're an right. online Geico insurance agent at that point. Like, right. you just don't have that connection with them and it bites you in the ass. So... Because you know, the finance out of them is probably yep, not fun. Yep, there's steps above that and steps above that, and there is the you know, whole meet in person, uh, go to their signing, pick up their docs in person. Um, so it just depends how how high you want to go on the lending ladder, but you know, you might think you're getting paid by doing the lowest, you know, the bare minimum, but you're really not. You're less likely to get referrals, less likely to have that client remember who you are. Whereas a realtor. Um, you know, there are different levels, of course, but there's, yeah. it's a lot harder to be forgotten about because they're physically with you most of the time. They're um, even sometimes in your car, you're whipping around with them, showing them the houses and stuff. And like, that's a lot more personal right off the bat. So they're going to think of the realtor a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I, I love you're saying there's different levels. There's a book I, I read a long time ago called Mr. Schmooze. I don't know if you've read it, Mm-mm. but it's one of my favorites. It's, it's basically this guy's main job in life is to get his picture on your desk. With either you or your family. Because you're going to see that guy every fucking day. Anytime you think about it, anytime. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my job. One of my best friends is my, one of my first clients. He's on the podcast. His name's Brandon. (laughs) Cool, too. First client was his friend. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is he was a client. I had no idea who the fuck he was. Oh, other way. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we became friends. I mean, I, I did the housewarming party. Granted, I fucked that up. I spent like $800 on this housewarming party getting him like Daddy D's barbecue. You ever go to that place? Uh-uh. Shit's bomb. You should really? Try it. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
got him a whole buffet. He's like, I was like, how many people do you think are going to come? He's like, 50. Mm-hmm. And so I got like food for 50. Like 10 people showed up. And like, <laughs> so much food. Such a fucking mess. And it was on top of a mountain in, Cal- in Kalama. It was like a mile and a half driveway. Yeah. It was insane. So I spilled it all over my fucking truck. <laughs> it was so much fun. But, you know, I kept in contact. I go to his kids' birthday parties. I Anything. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, and the thing is, now it's not even... I don't even consider him, like, a past client. Yeah, he's a past client. I sold that house for him to his neighbor and then bought him another one with mm-hmm. an LGI community, which LGI sucks an ass, just so you're aware. What is that? LGI. They're builders. Oh, got it. I haven't heard of them before. Well, he buys this beautiful, almost $500,000 house in the center, right? And they're like, oh, we're doing this is phase one, so blah, 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 phase two is going to be back here, and we're going to be doing this, and this, and this, and this, and phase two, phase two, phase two. They keep talking about phase two. Come to find out, it's going to be a giant low-income apartment building. They're building right behind them. And I'm like, fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, now he's pissed. He he, not, not like mad at me, right? I yeah. mean, they lied to all of us. They didn't lie, right? We could have went. Disclose. Right, we could have went to the <laughs> city and figured out exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, but now that Lucender's got like one or two cops total, like that whole neighborhood got got smashed. So like they came wow. through with a couple vans and just robbed everybody's cars and everything out front. Oh if they get the garage, they got in and like wow, damn, stole a couple cars and the cops can't even do anything. Yeah. There's only two cops in all of the center. Like, what, do you, uh-huh. what do you want them to do? Yeah. So. I hate to do this, but is a restroom break possible? Go for it. Right up there. <laughs> so to the left of the left. Everything's recorded. We may as well leave this in, this part in, right? We're going to leave all of it. I don't know how to take it out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I have, to, I, have to pee, I have a small bladder. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. It's it's not fun on road trips. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Let's bring a big bottle. You'll be good to go, though. <laughs> yeah, but we'll keep going here. He'll be back. Um, okay, so the process for lending. What? So okay, someone calls you, mm-hmm. right? So say I sent you somebody, right? Yeah. And they have no fucking idea. I gave them no heads up, no nothing, right? How do you talk to this person? What do you tell them is the the first step? What are we at? What do we need? And how do we get to where you want to go? So, if you if you were to give me like a name and number, the first thing I'd do is I would re- just call them. Well, no, not that one. You're talking to these people on the phone right now. Oh, okay. okay. Right? But they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Brand new, first-time homebuyers, zero idea of what they need, all that shit. So that's what I want you to go through with them. Okay. Um, yeah, so one of the first things I would say is, um, you know, I I think it's always best to not start off by telling them to get an application, but... Um, applying is, I know that's like probably every lender will say, oh yeah, just apply. Well, you but, should. Yeah. I'm not going to show you houses without a fucking letter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't happen for me. Yeah, so if, I, if I'm talking to them, I'll, I'll kind of go over the whole process without trying to make them confused, I guess. Right. Um, so I, w- I would just kind of, you know, we, we, you apply, that way I can get all your information. I can take a look at, the, you know, your whole picture, like as far as like financials, your debts and stuff like that. Um, and then after that, um, I guess I would, uh, I don't know, just, just talk to them, kind of like briefly go over like after you apply, then you know, you get the, you know, Tyler will go around showing you houses, you find one you like, you make an offer, you get that, we get a contract, and then that's when the loan process starts, the not so fun stuff, and, <laughs> and then, you know, kind of go from there. And you know, people don't get, I feel like, about the loan process is um, this is going to be as stressful as you want to make it. 
if mm-hmm. your lender has to call you 20 fucking times for the same document, mm-hmm. it's going to be stressful mm-hmm. because you're going to feel like you're constantly being contacted for something. Mm-hmm. When really he needed one fucking thing and you still haven't submitted it. Yeah. This is your house buying process. Be involved. Yeah. You know? And that's that's what I think is kind of the hard part because I don't, I don't want to sound... like Not that I'm being a dick, but I don't want to feel like I'm being a dick by asking for the same thing multiple times. And then there's times where they'll send me something and it's not right. And then I'll have to yeah. go back and be like, hey. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this isn't correct. But um, So far, the best thing I've, I've seen so far, at least just in my, in my opinion, to where it just sounded like it worked a little better, was uh, this lady would call every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. So she would call and be like, hey, let's go over where you're at, what I still need, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? That way it's like... It's already expected. Yeah. Like, to talk to them for that. Mm-hmm. And then you go, hey, by the way, that last document you got me, gave me was, like, I understand why you may have sent that to me because it sounds like that's what I needed, but I actually need this and this and that. Mm-hmm. So that way, at the same time, it's also not stressing you the fuck out. Yeah. You can walk in there with a fucking list, but I know everyone does their own business their own way. I think that's good in a utopian society <laughs> because there's four Tuesdays and a 30-day close. Right. And let's say you get your conditions back on Wednesday from the lender and it says right. we need this that and this and that so you'd be wasting you know six six days to try and then tell them okay I need this I think the best thing for um, any type of any type of loan process is setting the expectations and I think when when we're new and that's what I did is I didn't want anything to go wrong so I would just ask for as little as I could and then stuff would come up throughout the thing and then it would be a, a hurdle I would have to, to come across. Like, oh, I have to pay for the appraisal? Wow. And I, but I didn't want to tell them at the beginning, oh, you have to pay 800 bucks for an appraisal. You know, when I was very new. And then I realized that I was not front-loading. And that's when the, oh, last-minute stuff. This thing was last-minute. That thing was last-minute. So at the very beginning, I try and say, like, all right, so you got these pre-approval documents which are automatically requested from our app. And I say, so there's going to be, just to give you a heads up and set expectations, I just tell them up front, there's probably going to be three more rounds of docs. That way, when there's two rounds of docs, they're like, fuck, this guy's good. But if they think there's one round of docs at the beginning, then the next two times I'm asking them, they're like, God, get your shit together. So it's all what, what expectation you set at the very beginning for the client. And then they think, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's been through it before. I feel like you're definitely helping me realize I have no, no idea what you fucking do. could be well if i try and think about what a realtor does same deal i'm like oh you no no, we really don't do it escrow then think about escrow what the hell do they do (laughs) yeah i want to know i want to know how the fuck elena salvato has tried to fuck up three of my deals really i love elena nope fuck her really no she's my favorite she was she was my neighbor she was she was a really cool chick when i met her she's cool nice to hang out with um, I was a very good friends with Jake Wilcox, which at the time I didn't know was a, was something I should have walked shot for. But uh, not sure who that is. Jake Wilcox. He uh, works for Jake Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle. Yeah, at Gateway. I don't. I. Yeah, you probably don't hear anything about him anymore because he's garbage. <laughs> so he got my put on blast, Jake. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've told him already. I mean, he, he coaches wrestling at, like, Camus High School. I was like, you should have me down there so I can whoop your ass in front of your people and show them what a real wrestler looks like. Like, you can say you did whatever. By the way, his son is phenomenal. 
phenomenal wrestler. I guess. He's oh, like, really? Yeah, he's won a couple states and all this other shit. But my buddy uh, Messman, we call him Messman, but his son is fucking destroying it too. I think it was like Skyview. But Messman's a cop, and uh, he he teaches jujitsu and shit. Like, so, anyways. But yeah, Jake Wilcox sucks about. Elena Salado sucks about. She almost destroyed three deals in a row as an escrow agent. How in the fuck do you do that? I feel like you you have bad luck with Elena because I'm just thinking we close thirty to forty deals a month. Yeah, all most of them all through through Chicago. We, we never have any issues. Really? So I just wonder if she's screwed up three deals in her life well, and they're I, all yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so she she really fucked up the first one. And I talked to her about it, and she was not excited about me talking to her about it. What happened? I, I it's funny because escrow and title and stuff. I'm like, if if someone fucks up, I don't even know how what they do. That's what like, I'm what, saying. Like, what it, so this one, he showed up. He had to pull money out of his four hundred one k for closing. Mm-hmm. He shows up with that amount of money that she said he needed, and then it was like two or three thousand dollars more. And he's like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do? I can't just pull out of close uh, out of my four hundred one k today." Oh. And it was closing. Oh. And so he's fucking pissed. What lender was that? Jake. Uh, I feel like Wilcox. I yeah. feel like that's a that's from our end. That would be more of a lender issue. Really? Because the it would be at least fifty fifty. Because so you're telling me Jake had me use Elena and dumped all the blame on her for yeah. all of these. Yeah. Yeah. Because it because <laughs> there's no way it's it's a hundred percent her. It's at minimum fifty fifty. Because what happens at the very end of the transaction, the lender and the, and the title officer or escrow officer, they balance docs. They say, these are the prorations, these are this, these are this. And it's not until it's not until they both agree on a number that the, the escrow officer schedules the closing and tells the client what they need. They have to balance they, every single transaction ever. They both balance and they both say, this is the number because the lender is going to say, all right, based on this number that they're bringing to closing and all this balancing, we're going to actually send out X amount of dollars and wire X amount of dollars. That sucks. So there's there's no way it could be on es- escrow. Escrow is a very easy scapegoat. If same same thing with the underwriter, That's lenders so can very easily say, "Oh, it's fucking escrow's fault," or it's the underwriter's fault. And and almost there's no way of verifying that because the realtor isn't in the mix. They're just hearing what the lender is saying, so right. the lender can so easily forget for three days to upload documents. And then they get reminded and they say, oh, it's an underwriting. It's fucking underwriter. Won't hurry up. And then they upload to the underwriter, you know? And then the underwriter gets back in one day and they're like, tell the realtor, finally. It was there for four days, but really it was one day. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm my fucking mind here. <laughs> I'm so irritated because I really did like Elena, like when we met. And I, I think I did a couple deals with her that were fine. And then the last three of them, I pissed her off. Because I think after she, she started getting fucky with the second one, again with Jake Wilcox, I went and talked to her manager and was like, you need to handle this because if she fucks up this deal, like, I'm going to make sure every fucking one of you knows that I'm pissed. You know mm. what I mean? I'm going to come down to your office kind yeah. of shit, you know? Could be, it could be <sighs> the relationship between Elena and and uh, that lender, their, the communication or some Apparently deal. they were like best friends. He used to work there at Stewart with her. Oh, Okay. And so, like, they were, like, best friends. He's the one who made me use her. Huh. I'd never used her before. And then, yeah, that all that happened. 
Yeah, she's we use her. She's our favorite. But. Yeah, I was gonna say I've <coughs> I found that a little surprising because I've I've worked with Lena quite quite a bit, and I've never had any issues. Feeling like feeling like uh, might be it's Jake Man you told me about. Well, so what I'm saying is it does all three of the ones that she fucked up. Yeah. he was involved in. Right. <laughs> so I'm like I'm irritated like. I was lied to, and I've been fucking talking shit because I don't I don't hold my tongue for anybody. If you fuck shit up, I'm gonna let everybody know you did. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't know that because you're unless you're unless you are the lender, right? Whatever the lender says is what's the truth, you know. So right, unless so I guess you're, me trusting him fucked me up on that one. Could have been. I, but you know, I'm just making a bunch of assumptions. No, because he's a real big piece of shit. Apparently, like <laughs> <laughs> we worked out well together just uh-huh. because I'm a dude. Yeah. Apparently, he's like trying to fuck everything that walks. With a vagina. It's so funny, I don't know this person, but... He's probably done by now. You think so? I mean, I guarantee it. Like, he had so many complaints just when we were working together. Wow. Like, I worked with him for a couple months, and that was it. And then he fucked everything up, and... So what, he le- got, he what got actual lender is it? to no. closing, and then said, oh, by the way, they don't qualify. To closing, bro, a that's month a, and a half later. And he's like, they don't actually qual- qualify for this amount of home. And I'm like... Sociopath. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to die early. Like, that's super crazy. <laughs> wow. Because if you're going to fuck up someone's deal with my mother-in-law, bro, i got to hear about that every fucking time I go over there. Yeah. She's never going to buy a house again. Never. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Wow. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, lending is lending I'd is love crazy. to fight him. It'd be great. <laughs> he was a cop, too, for a little while, but I'll still kick him in this dick. Um, <laughs> wow, so yeah, lending, so that's good insight. Because, honestly, I have no fucking idea what you guys do. Mm-hmm. If they ask me a question, I don't know. I'm like, that's probably a lender thing. And we appreciate that, because a lot of realtors also don't know, but they just kind of pick up lingo. Oh, yeah. I don't and it, it really puts us in a tough position, especially, oh, that rate seems high. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, based on what you know, like, you know, based- if someone asks me what the, what the rates are looking like, I'm like, let me call my lender because yeah. they change by the hour. Yeah, That's my they, answer. It's funny because they, I'm not. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Yeah, it's people. There's just so much. There's so much more to it. Like when you're pulling a rate, there's based on credit. It's based on down payment, loan right. value. It's based on term. It's based on type of property, condo, um, single family residence, duplex, and so you take all that into consideration. But then it's also massively uh, dependent on product. So you could put all that info. And what pops out is a conventional loan at 3%. And you're like, sick, 3% rate. Then you put all that in, and what pops out is a 2.5% FHA loan. And you're like, oh, sick, I'm going to go with that one. No, because of other things. Like uh, the the conventional loan, the mortgage insurance falls off at 20% down. And the 3% plus $80 a month in mortgage insurance might actually be a lower payment for the next X amount of years before the $80 falls off. The FHA is a 2.5, but it has $300 a month in mortgage insurance, plus it has upfront mortgage insurance premium on it, which increases your loan amount just off the top. So your loan amount's 300, now it's 305 or something like that. So you have $300 a month mortgage insurance and a 2.5 rate, you're paying probably 100 bucks more a month, but you get so people get so fixated on rate, they're like, well, why is this rate 3%? I saw 2.5, but they don't realize they saw 2.5 FHA, which is worse than the conventional that you're trying to sue them for. But you're trying to explain that to people who don't know what the fuck either of those right. loans are. And so it's this position where it's like, just 
sometimes real estate agents will know just enough to be dangerous and create problems on our end where we have to now backpedal and explain why we actually put them in the correct loan. It's just... This job has really taught me a lot, and it's one of the main things it's taught me is... Let the fucking professionals do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't give well, a fuck if it's lending, painting, construction. Right. Like, yeah. like, let's get a professional opinion on that because yeah. I can give you numbers. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna be right. Yeah, you know, like, same thing when they that. ask real estate questions. It's just like, dude, I promise you, I'm gonna fuck this up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, but that, what's the real estate question? How's the market? Well, and it just might be where they ask questions like, "Where should we offer on this and stuff?" And it's just like, "Do you think they'll ask like, do you think we're overpaying and stuff?" You know, do you think they ask we? That shit? Do you think we? Um, well, I don't want to pay more than it's worth. That type of stuff, and it's like you can't. Yeah, and and to be honest, I don't have my finger on the market. I mean, I understand where it is, right. sort of, but not enough to look at a house. Like if you if you showed me two house two houses without um, a price on it. And asked me to just figure out where they might be. It's just, dude, I have no idea. Like, I mm. I don't know if you're overpaying, and you can't really overpay, but there's just questions that, that we try and stay away from. Yeah, because I try and tell everybody, like, like, oh, what if we what if we offer more than it's worth? Well, you can't pay. The bank will not give you enough money. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what's going to happen, so you're not fucked. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Either they're going to start this whole process over, mm-hmm. or they're going to lower the price to what it's worth. because And that's what they do 90% of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they need to sell that house. They don't want to start this whole shit over. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what the market's doing. But then you get these 22 AD fucking people, and I'm just, oh, my God. <laughs> so the 22 AD, I mentioned a couple times on the podcast, is that appraisal, um, the appraisal addendum, mm-hmm. which is what I call it. I don't know exactly what it's called, but I, I'm all nervous now that you guys are here and you know what the, all the forms are called and shit, but it's basically the one where if you make an offer, the appraisal comes in low, you cover the rest with cash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And Californians are doing that. And so what I'm telling everybody is like, we won't know until appraisal hits. And the biggest reason I'm saying that is because with all these, the house is going to be worth what is sold in the area. That's how this works. That's how I do my job. That's how I tell you how much a house is going to be worth. And I'll throw so, another little, little tidbit or a golden nugget, whatever you want to call it on that. A lot of people think that means you actually are bringing the cash and you're not, unless it meets doesn't meet the minimum loan value requirements. So, let's say well, I do want to I want to understand. Let's say saying. you have, and I've had to explain this to a few agents, and some of them get it, some of them just think I'm crazy and they're surprised when it closed. But <laughs> let's say someone's putting down fifteen percent, right? Right, and without a computer in front of me and numbers, let's say they fifteen percent of four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Let's say. The appraisal comes in at three ninety, right? So their loan to value in the in the first case is is uh, eighty five. Right. So they're putting fifteen percent down. It's eighty five. So let's say the appraisal comes in low. People would assume, oh, you have to to bring ten thousand more dollars to make up for that. So you're bringing right. your fifteen percent down plus your ten thousand dollars to to wage that gap, right? Okay. But what actually happens? is the lender will just say, oh, low appraised value, no problem. The appraisal is based off of the lower of the sales price, or sorry, the loan to value is based off of the lower of the sales price or the appraisal. So they'll say, okay, we're going to base everything on 390. You still bring 15% of the 400, so the normal thing you were going to bring, 
but now the loan to value goes down whatever percentage that is so it might be that you really are now a 13% down loan or your loan to value is 87 okay so that's the only thing that moves is your loan to value wow the only time that is a problem is if someone's putting down 3% minimum and right. so there's no wiggle room there or they're putting down 5% and they can't go down to 3% but it's a it's not a problem if someone's putting down 20 cuz because if they don't have any more money to, to bridge that gap, what they can do is now they're essentially at a 18% down payment and they have to pay some mortgage insurance. So it's just a small change. It's not usually people are not bridging the gap with cash. Okay. So. Yeah, because I've been, I've been, I guess, falsely doing that. Because I know that a lot of Californians are coming in here and they are bridging it with cash. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I've been hearing from other fucking sellers. I actually had, <clears throat> I did a loan uh, a couple months ago. Where it was that exact situation, they had a 22 AD, and uh, I I tried explaining this to the agent. He wasn't getting it like whatsoever, right. um, but he wanted me to verify that they had the extra cash just in case the appraisal was low, and uh, that's exactly what we did. Instead of you know them bringing an extra fifteen thousand or whatever, all we did was essentially you take the money out of their down payment okay. to cover the gap between. You know what James was saying. You know, the right. So with a lower down payment comes like maybe mortgage insurance or maybe mm -hmm. a higher monthly by like fucking ten dollars or some shit. But, mm -hmm. And that's the thing too. I try to. You know what's hard as fuck for me to try and explain. I would love. To, we could do a podcast just on that. Um, Fifty thousand dollars over thirty years is like thirty dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you don't don't think just because. You're at you're putting that extra fifty grand to get the house you want. That it's gonna be like, oh well, that's an extra four hundred dollars a month. It's like thirty bucks, bro. Yeah. yeah. Chill the fuck out. Nothing's different here. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. It's so frustrating. I'm dealing with that constantly because I'm the guy who's putting in the number. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, look. If you want to be competitive, we need to be here. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to add that ten thousand dollars. That's like an extra three four hundred bucks a month, right? No. no you're no. splitting that ten thousand over thirty years. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's so frustrating, but... And it's like, yeah, you're financing 10000 more at 3%, right? Over 30 years. Yeah. But also, like, the house, what's the appreciation on a house? In like 7 30, to 8? You know? well, so it's just, there's there's still a gap Well, there. that's the thing, too. That's a really good point. So that's I, a very good point. Because I think, I think we're at 7 8% right now. Mm -hmm. and, and that's fucking insane. Yeah. And... Ever, it's getting me. How's the market? I don't know anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Leave me alone. You're you lucky, if you, you're lucky if you get a house. Right, you're lucky if you get a house. Yep. And will the prices drop? Everyone keeps saying they will, but yeah. they keep going up. So you choose. And mm -hmm. I wish I could just say, well, they're like, what's the rate? And it doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> fucking matter, right. <laughs> you want the house? Okay. Well, and the thing is, too, is that people, people don't understand. A lot of people are like, oh, well, the prices are dropping right now. The prices are, are evening out. I'm like, it's winter. Mm -hmm. and they're just evening out. Yep, as soon yep. as summer hits, they're going to fucking fly back up. Yep. Plus, there's going to be 30,000, 40,000 more houses on the market. Yeah, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say rates don't matter, but they're so low right now that you you might as well just stop asking that question. What does matter, though, I is that... It's the only thing they know what to ask. Yeah, sound like sometimes they feel like people should... They feel like they should ask to do their right. due diligence, but I don't think what people get is this waiting out the market thing because i saw a meme the other day that was totally accurate it was like current price 350 at a 2.75 rate is you know 1500 dollars a month 
and they're like, oh, I'm just going to wait for the market to cool off. New price, $300,000, $50,000 less at a 4.5, $1,700 a month. It's like, good thing you waited. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Because they're low enough right now that everyone should be buying regardless of the houses, um, you know. It's just, it's just too rough. high. There's, there's so many, like, I, I love that I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, well, do you know the rates? I'm like, first of all, that's like a lender question, but it's about 17. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what those numbers mean either. You know? Like, like it's just, like, I can give you a fucking number if you want. It doesn't matter. It's going to change yeah. or it's going to fucking move around. I cannot tell you that. Yeah. And I hate when they're just like, oh, well, can I send you, like, I get that all the time. Like, oh, do you want to, like, be forwarded all the, the information that, like, you guys are getting? Mm-hmm. Like, your bank statements. All that. I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. I don't want any of that shit. Yeah. Like, I don't need none of that. Because yeah. if you get fucked up, it's not on you guys. Mm-hmm. If their social gets out somewhere, right? Like, I don't right. need any of that business, dude. But I'm it's really funny. Guy. It's really funny, too, because there's not just one rate. Everyone says, what's the rate? So... On those situations I was talking about earlier where you're plugging in all their info, the down payment, the credit score, all that stuff, and you pick your product, right, conventional, it's not like one rate pops up and it's just like, it's three, you know, (laughs) there's, you click that and click expand, and then there's 20 different rates you can pick. Depending on down payment, debt to income, type of house? No, say all that stuff's the same. Oh, shit. Down payment, it's like when the loan product pops out, there's something called yield spread premium which pops rates out and and it's almost like a, don't even explain this to your clients type of thing because they'll get ultra confused. I'm so already confused. <laughs> you have this product you put in on these specific uh, circumstances. You get, the, you get the conventional loan pulled up and you have 2.5, 2.75, 2.875, 3%, 3.125, 3.25, 3.375. You have one rate that's par- no cost, no credit. It's just, let's say that's three. It costs nothing from the from the client. You know, that's just a oh, no discount. No points and shit? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then you go down 2.875. Oh, all of a sudden 2.875 costs $1,000. So you go down even okay. further. Now it costs 3000 bucks. And so they're basically prepaying because over the course of a long time it's going to end up paying off for them to have the lower rate it's going to slowly you know 30 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month whatever it is to go down is going to start to add up to the three thousand that they pay yeah when you have it for 10 fucking years it adds right up. yeah most people only live in houses five to seven years right so then it works the other way they instead of taking three they want 3.125 now a thousand bucks goes towards their closing costs 3.25 now they have a credit of three thousand bucks towards their closing costs so someone might have closing costs six thousand bucks. It might actually be better if they spent, or they they went up in rate, which clients up in rate. You're crazy, you know. But really, it's giving you a credit of of five thousand dollars. So now your closing costs are one thousand dollars. Jesus. And you move in three years, and it's not enough for the for the increased monthly payment to add up to the five thousand you saved up front. And additionally, with real with realtors, they're like, "What's the closing cost? I need to ask for a seller concession." And you're like, whatever you get, like, let's say you get $5,000 as a seller concession and, and I can use my lender credit to cover the rest. If you get too much, I just go down in rate and start creating a cost that the seller concession can cover. So there's, there's stuff that I wish realtors and lenders were more like 
on the same page about. Yeah. But I think that comes just with, I think that's an uh, unrealistic realistic expectation, and it just comes from building a relationship with a good-ass agent like yourself, where everyone's, you know, working on and understanding how it all well, and, and I do, I do feel like, I mean, I'm fucking great at what I do. I love my job, and I'm really good at what I do. So, having all this information is great for me to have. But like, how necessary is it for me to do my job? You know what I mean? When, exactly. It's, when it's, I mean, you guys are the experts on that. It's trust. Right. And a lot of times we have to earn our trust with agents because they're asking all these questions and trying to make sure we don't fuck them over because they're yeah. trying to get paid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That commission breath is coming out everywhere. <laughs> That's right, we all get it, you know, I mean, yeah, that, that little six to, six to eight months, I didn't make a single phone call. It's catching up now, and I'm like, fuck. Weird. But, uh, yeah, dude, it, it's been pretty nuts. So, uh, yeah, buying, so buying shit down, that does help in the long run. But that, so, that's confusing, though, because my mom's always like, I want to buy the rate down and, and all this other shit, and thinking it's going to be amazing. But I do need her to look at, She's not a house longer than like fucking three years. Mm, don't buy it down. Though. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, why are you spending actually that money? go up in rate and pay? So you're, would you rather you know buy it down or would you rather not pay four thousand extra bucks up front? Right. You know? How right. long is, how long is it going to take you to make that up? You well, know? she's one of those like. The best way to explain it is like a DIYer. Why would I pay a professional to do that when I can do that? Mm-hmm. Because it looks like shit. <laughs> That's why. It took you four days to put in that tile floor in the bathroom when it took him 12 hours. Yeah. Not even. Like, yeah. That's why. He's insured. Yeah. Uh-huh. He fucked something up. He's got that shit paid for. That's yeah. my biggest reason for using professionals now. They're yeah. insured. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some... I mean, there's obviously like some things that every Like painting. Like if you want to paint like your handrails or something. Right. You can do that or even a bedroom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Super easy. But like... I always look at, like, uh, how hard is it and how long is it going to take me to do it and will I actually finish it Right. kind of thing. And, you know, stuff like that. I'd rather pay somebody to do it and then use my time doing other things, you know, whether it's making me money or, you know, because I, th- I think relax, like having time to relax is also very important. Absolutely. Um, you know, it makes you, helps you get recharged for the next day and all that good stuff. So I'd, those, those things versus paying somebody else is like, I'd rather pay somebody to do it so I can then do other things that, you know, like I said, get me more money or, you know, like I can relax and just chill. And, you well, know, one of the best things I ever did was, was a TC. Mm-hmm. Like, I lost her because I, I switched fucking companies and she wouldn't leave. But, uh, yeah, like just shit like that. Mm-hmm. I spent hours yep. on my fucking computer doing all this shit that's not hard at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Right? Like, I just put in fucking names and signatures everywhere. But, like, that's taking up time. I can just be out doing what I'm better at. Yeah. Just that's making these the sales. the foundation of any business, too. Right. You know? Right. So, you first start, and there's 20 things that have to happen. Only two of them make you money. The other 18, you know, you have to do until you can do the two things enough that you have enough money you can pay someone else you know, hourly to, to do the 18 things, right? You just made right. someone's job description then because you have them doing that, then you can spend even more time well, making money yeah. Then you can have someone else. Maybe, maybe you only want to do one of those two things, you know? Yeah, and, maybe you and don't want to do any of them. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to do, exactly, you know? Yeah. Like, that's my business coach. He doesn't have to do anything anymore and he has multiple businesses paying him and he's out doing his, living his dreams, so. Um, 
Yeah, dude's incredible. I'll give him the shout out right now if we're yeah. doing shout outs. We'll get there. All we'll right. get there. <laughs> I don't know what time we're on. My glasses suck. So a little over an hour. Um Yeah, man. So I, I do kinda wanna hit that, like what you're just getting into. Yeah. Business. So I know Cole and I kinda on the same track. We work kinda for ourselves, right? But four people. Mm-hmm. Right? So I have basically the only reason I do is because it takes a lot of, a lot off my mind. You know. Oh yeah. Because I mean the insurance, the the L the L and I, the E and O, like just the tax part of it, like I just I don't want to deal with any of that Mm -hmm. shit. Yep. So I'm not at the point where I make enough to where it fucking matters if I do it or not. Yep. But I almost I got halfway through my D V license and was like, This is unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think there's a point where you're actually making a lot less. You know. (coughs) Like in the very beginning, the amount of work that I put in, if I would have taken that same work and just went and worked for Guild, that yeah. same passion and energy, I would have made way more money in my first few years. In your first few years? Yeah. yeah. And then there's a point where it starts to, you know, pay off, and, yeah. you know, there's there's times where I could just not work and still get paid. Well, so we brought this up with, uh, with the last guy who was in here. His name's Michael Leone. Him and his brothers um, started uh, Mount Hood Steel and Wood, mm-hmm. right? They basically do the big steel beams of building skyscrapers. I say that, but just big-ass buildings. Yeah. And his things, we, we were calling them the phantom hours. The hours you're not getting paid for. The hours you're not, like, some people wouldn't have even worked. But you're there. You're mm-hmm. busting your fucking ass because you're trying right. to build this business. And now what? There's Now he doesn't even have to work if he doesn't mm-hmm. want to. He's 30. Yep. He owns a st- he's, like, part owner in a steel fucking business. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, so I get, like, 16% of, you know, of everything that we close, and blah, blah, blah. One of the most humble guys I know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just thinking, like, how much money does that, that fucking company make you every year? He said 16%. Well, that's great. Is that over 10, 13 million? You know what yeah. I mean? What are you taking home? Yeah. Like, is that 16 million you're breaking into 16 Yep. That's still quite a nice little chunk, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. But those phantom hours, that's what people don't quite understand. Like, when I started my business, fuck, dude, I I got my license, I went and joined a company, and stared at my phone for the first three days. Like, why are people not calling me? Yeah. Does everyone know I'm a realtor now? Yeah. You know, like, why is the money not pouring in all over me like a like a sexy man-sized Cardi B, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's those hours, man. And I think what people don't, don't uh and what i didn't think about at the beginning is that the amount of and i I think it's one thing to hear this written in a book and another thing to physically feel the pressure right right so you start and it's just you and your business partner or it's just you right and you you um do your licensing and you get set up legally which is something you don't get paid for and it's just an expense but then you decide to rent an office. That's what we did. Rent an eight hundred dollar a month office. Just a small office, not a big, not a big expense. But That's when pressure. we when we close a loan, you know, some has to go to that office. And so you know, now we're just a small operation. Then we realize, okay, so now we can be at this stage and go out and get ten loans each, and we're making pretty good money, right? And it's just paying for that office. And then you realize, oh, okay, so we're gonna be here forever if we don't hire someone. We can only do ten loans each max. Right. We we don't get if we stop doing loans, we get zero dollars. Like no one pays us, right? The rent still has to get paid. 
but it's all on us. Like we're just manning this ship and right. um, keeping you, your pipeline full. All your active hours are it's just active income, you know, which is fine, you know, in the beginning. But then it's like, okay, so if we want to increase our volume, we have to hire a processor. And now that processor, a good one, costs six thousand bucks a month, you know. So now we have to pay our expenses are sixty eight hundred, right? Then we need to pay for programs. We have to buy computers, and all of a sudden we're realizing, oh, okay, so we increase our volume, but our break-even is now two loans a month. So two, two of our loans go to pay all of our expenses, and that's fine. You're a small operation, right? right, right. But then you're like, ah, oh, still, still if I stop working, uh, there's no revenue. So right. our, biz- our revenue is 100% from our self-sourced business, and that's like, you know, fine. You could keep doing that forever, but if you want to... where we're at right now. Right. Right, because like I said, I stopped six, eight months. Mm-hmm. My pipeline's not fucking full, and then yep. what? I do get calls and I do get random just because I've been doing my job for so long, but mm-hmm. there's a big difference. Yeah. If I just stop answering my phone, money stops coming. Yeah. And so then you bring on one loan officer and you're like, finally, someone else is contributing to the top line revenue. But no. then you have to take time away from, there's no guarantee. You have to take time away from your production to build them up for their production. So right. you might actually make less, even though you have someone who's, who's contributing. But and I tried that team thing. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. I was losing money mm-hmm. teaching this person how to be a good realtor. Yeah. And uh, it just it got to the point where it was like there wasn't enough drive in this person for me to be putting that much money into them. Totally. It totally. Was fucking nuts. Yeah. Totally. And then um, you know that going in, right? You know that, okay, I'm going to split some time on my production, some time on helping bring this person up. And you do that enough times that now you have five loan officers and it's awesome. But you have that one processor and you have a bunch of other stuff coming in. they're swamped, yeah. Yeah, so now you actually might need to hire an admin who can handle your paying your bills, doing this, doing that. Then your expenses rise up. And you start doing that and growing and then you realize, oh, well, uh, this small office for 800 bucks a month doesn't fit these six people we have. So now we need to get a bigger office. Or you even expanded inside of the same building and now your expenses are higher so you're like okay let's go look elsewhere so you then you're like oh shit now i have to buy furniture for this whole office so mm-hmm. but it's this slowly more computers more, yep. more shit more paper yep the more production the more uh-huh. you're paying out to get yep. the production assistant and then you need to have your website gain a lot <clears throat> oh, so man. it's like there reaches a point though where you have your office you have your support staff and your two people are bringing in less production than the other six to eight. That's yeah. amazing. Now you're at 50-50, right? So if you stop working, your revenue might cut in half. You probably will go out of business because you don't have enough revenue to cover all the stuff you've built, but at least now it's not 100% on you. And then as you continue to grow that, then you realize, oh, like, you know, rates went up. Now our whole volume's not there. Now what are we going to do? Because it's not just me and my business partner, it's all these other salaries that are relying on us to make the right decisions. And I just think the amount of pressure and dude, and that's just the beginning, right? Like we're at four offices, 30 people. Think about fucking Coca-Cola, dude. There's, <laughs> it just can get bigger and bigger well, and bigger and worldwide. Bigger. Then, then yeah. they don't just have fucking little, they're not shipping shit to Japan. They have to have a factory over there. Yeah. Make their own shit, you yeah. know? Like, label it their own way. Like, yeah. Why would you label everything Japanese and send it from here? That's too expensive. Yeah. So I know I'm just a baby in the business world, you know? Right. I'm bigger than I've ever been, but... You're also, what, fucking 30? 29, 30. 29. So it's... I just think that 
the cool thing though is as you get bigger, your skills as entrepreneur and CEO increase. Right. And so problems that used to scare you at the beginning are just like, you know, brushing your teeth. But then the big fucking problems that are huge are just as scary as the problems that were not that big but right. felt the same when you were And eventually, starting. they'll switch. Mm-hmm. So, or not switch, the, the big-ass problems will be just like the first problems. Yep. Where they're just, that's not a big deal, this dude handles that shit. Yep. And yep. I pay him to do that. And when the, what happens when he doesn't? Right, then you have to then you have to fire. And you have to be like, oh, can I go into a room and just tell someone uh, they don't have a job anymore? And how fun is that? Well, it's not that so, fun for my experience. <laughs> I worked in the kitchen for like 10 years, right? I made it up to like Executive Sue. I was, I was in it. I thought I'd be awesome at firing people. I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. You come in, you sit down, he's like, this fucking grown-ass 30, 30-year-old man. I was like 24, Right? And uh, <clears throat> I'm like, look, man, this isn't working. Like, you're not doing what you're doing. You're showing up late. You're you're not doing what we're asking you to do. And then, boom, the tears come. I have a family. I have this. I have that. And I'm like, ah. Oh. You know, like, it, it's something that, like, really, like, you have to learn how to do it. It's not just some skill that mm-hmm. maybe some people are, I feel like you're pretty heartless if you can just fire anybody from the oh. beginning. Oh. You know? But, like you got to understand that they, they still have to live, too. And, yes, mm-hmm. firing them is the best decision for you and your company. Mm-hmm. And that probably is the way it needs to go, right? But that does not make it easy. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with a bunch of the shit we do every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, my biggest motto is the harder something is, the wor- more worth it it probably is. Probably. The best Straight things up. in the fucking world are hard as shit. Mm-hmm. You know? So firing somebody is definitely, especially, oh, my God, the cancer's. You know, like, oh my god, I don't know how many times I've fired someone. I don't give a fuck how good you are. You are cancer Mm -hmm. in this kitchen. You are cancer in this business. Mm -hmm. You are talking shit. You know, like... And what if, you know, and and it's it's always easy to see those people if they're not doing the work. But what if, what's the ethical, you know, how do you feel if that person's actually uh, bringing loans every month? You know, what if they're actually a great producer and you love their revenue they're bringing in, but they're also bringing everyone down you know because right. it sometimes isn't just this oh you know easy let's take them out it's that's what i'm saying for the culture of the company you know you can't have what if there's like an unethical person who's getting kickbacks and you know but they're closing 10 deals a month and you know are you going to sweep it under the rug or are you going to do the right thing and no you know you gotta you i, I gotta tell everybody go. in, in business i don't give a fuck who you are you want to run a business a real one and you want to run it right you want to run it for longevity there is no gray area Mm-hmm. Pick and choose what's white and black. Right on both sides of that shit. Mm-hmm. This is not okay. This is okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well, what about no? Yep. That's it. This is how it is, man. Like if you don't fucking like it, go somewhere else. Yeah. Because that that's the little shit sweeping shit under the rug. You're doing little shit now. Yep. And then it builds. Now you're fucking having to buy a whole goddamn building to cover up all the garbage they're mm-hmm. putting under there. Mm-hmm. So I think for. Running any business, it's important, and that's what was helpful for us is we, we read this book called Traction at the beginning, Traction, and it made us spend a, a, what felt like a ridiculous amount of time coming up with our core values, coming up with, like, basically seeing our whole business in front of us on paper and what we stood for and who we were so that we could go out and actually bring it into the world first and not just kind of, well, we'll wow. do this and we'll do that and we'll do this and we'll do that. So we've had our seven core values from the jump 
what that also helped us do, and I didn't realize this at the time, is we were very clear who we were, and I'm a huge like law of attraction, and the universe is, is working for you if you can say what you want. So we said what we want, and I think it attracted the right type of people um, our way. And additionally, when we tried to force it, it didn't bring the right people our way. So it was kind of interesting how that was a lesson I learned. Right. Right. Uh, oh. Sorry, man. Oh, it's all good, dude. Keep doing it. It's not going to stop. But um, <laughs> it, it, it does seem like the harder I try to make sales, like almost the shittier I do. Right? When I go out and I do this thing, I do my sphere calls now. And I contact 10 people a day. Mm-hmm. And I probably don't even speak real estate. Most of the time I don't. I'm like, hey, how the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I heard your dog had surgery. Is he good? Like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you need me to help you with anything. I don't know how many dump runs I've done. You know what I mean? Like, or, or just helping somebody with anything. I don't give a yeah. fuck. Mm-hmm. Right? But like, anything real estate related, they have a question, they're going to call me. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I don't do it for that, but doing that provides that. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, you got to find the right people who, I love that core values thing you're talking about. Because that would also make it easy to be like, hey, look, these are our core values. Do you feel like you belong here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're very clear. Mm-hmm. You're gray airing two or three of these. And we don't do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you can, that can permeate through the rest of your business. You know, when you're hiring someone, you can ask them. You can tell them about the core values, but you can also ask them to give them example. Give like you know everyone can say yes, or they can say what you told them to say. Like, hey, here are our core values: integrity, you know, growth mindset, uh, team mentality. Can you tell me what's important to you? And they're gonna say, oh well, for me it's integrity, <laughs> right? Uh, team <coughs> mindset, and they're just gonna reflect back what you told them to say. And you're like, wow, I fucking like this guy. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But you're hired. Why don't you tell me what those mean to you? Yep. Then three months later, they're not <laughs> displaying any of those characteristics, and you're like, huh, what the fuck? But it was your fault for not asking them to elaborate, and you know, getting right. played a little bit in an interview because everyone can interview well. Well, not everyone. Most everyone. <laughs> a lot more than I'm fucking uh, expected. Yeah. People have good ass interviews, and well, then I'm, I'm a great interviewer. Yeah. They want to hire me every time. I don't even know what the fuck this job is for. <laughs> yeah. I am amazing at that. Great. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's definitely difficult. Um, I mean, me and Cole are small level right now. Um, I've been doing this podcast for a little while. I really jumped it up. Now it's Wednesday, Saturday, every fucking it. week, and just bam, 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 bam. I'm just throwing it out there. Really trying to get. I wanted 200 podcast subscribers this year. Now, again, taking a big step back, affects some shit. But uh, I completed just about all these things up here. That's awesome. Yeah. The home gym's not happening because the, the house I was going to, we're putting that off and going somewhere else. Fiji didn't happen because of COVID. Hawaii did happen anyways. Because nice. fuck yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that stallion at the bottom. You can't even see him. He is gorgeous. But I did get goats, so... There you go. It's funny. Vision boards always seem to to have the essence of what you want in them. And sometimes they're not the specific exact thing. Oh, check this out. So I do one every year. Where the fuck did it go? I would love for you to see the change. Right? Mm -hmm. Let's see here. 2019. What is this? This is 2020. Okay, so this is 2019. Mm -hmm. I want a Rolls Royce. A castle. A skyscraper to have my building in. Another castle. We're winning world's strongest man. A fucking Lambo. Yeah. Right? And of course, the family's on here, and I want to own a house on the lake. Uh-huh. 
okay. Like, to me right now, that sounds fucking stupid. Like, yeah. that's just a bit much, right? Yeah, it can, it can evolve. Now, we go over here. Uh, castle in Scotland. The, but, you know, the difference is, I also, I also priced out this castle. Mm-hmm. I also found out that it's only a million dollars. And I scheduled it as a long-term goal. Cool. Right? You're learning. Thailand trip. Cost me about $6,000. That's Brazil. This is when shit went south, right? COVID and all that other bullshit. Duplex, $300,000 a year. Rolls Royce. Price that shit out. Phantom. There's two of these. On the planet. <laughs> yeah, and that's an old That's an old one. You probably wouldn't want an old Rolls no, Royce. No, I do. You do? I want a 57. Okay. The white one. There's okay. two white ones left, like four black ones. That's it. I like it. Right, so that's why I wanted it. And then Disneyland Florida, right? So then you're coming over here looking up here. New body. Just go to Fiji. Uh, just a new home. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so there's not a castle up there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm starting to change versus, like, I wanted to make a million dollars that one year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't give a fuck about that. 150 would be perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's just that's just a little more than I made last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of figuring out what I want, what I want to do. I mean, this year I wanted 30 sales. This year I want 20. But I want quality sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want 20 sales that will make me more money than I made with 30 last year. I like it. Right? And that's smart. You know, I think it's important to um, adapt and and (laughs) be honest with yourself and all of us about, like, the thing is, were those on there? Because it initially felt like that's what you should put on there. And and it was like, well, I want to make sure that I'm not selling myself short, so I'm going to put this, you know, thing on there. But do you really want that that bad? Yeah. So I think I think um, when it gets really close and and we're honest with ourselves, like how do we want our life to be, and it can look a lot different than what it might have looked like four years ago because you're you know like you're saying you're growing. Right. I mean, and I you think about shit like that. I want to make like twenty million dollars in a year, right? Like that sounds phenomenal. Um, one million would be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one yeah. million. Give me five hundred. Uh, yep. I'll be good to go, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, my family's 100% taken care of. Not a single worry financially in the world. Like, my whole outlook on life is changing. Mm-hmm. And you know what's actually doing this is the more money I make, mm-hmm. the more I realize it's it's pretty worthless. Like, not saying it's not, but this is the worth part. Going to Thailand, mm-hmm. going to Fiji, Hawaii, mm-hmm. enjoying life with my family. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. Not this... Two to ten million dollars. Like, mm-hmm. do I need a castle? Yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. I'm not gonna lie to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But like, somebody's got to clean that bitch. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna be me. There's yeah. forty rooms in that castle alone, mm-hmm. and that's bedrooms. Mm-hmm. How many living rooms? How many kitchens? You know, I don't need that shit. Yeah. So I'd rather have just one nice house mm-hmm. with a fucking nice gym in it. And it's it's hard for me sometimes to put like a number on how much because I have a certain lifestyle that i picture in my head yeah it's not really like a number to it mm-hmm. it's right. so th- there there is a number you know associated to it to be able to live the lifestyle i want to live but it's right. more of of like you know putting stuff up here like this of things how i want to live and you know things that i want versus you know what's in my bank account if that right. makes i sense. think that's so true because there's some of some of these crazy goals have no point like oh i want 20 million dollars in the bank and it's like to do what if yeah, you don't know that to do what, and you might want $20 million to do something that's insanely important to you and fuels your spirit and like, that's fine. But 
and that's great. You know, that is just a resource. So you're stacking up this resource to go create something you want to do. But I think if we don't know what we even want the money for and we just arbitrarily want it, there's no why. And so there, you're not going to even get it. It's just going to yeah. be this thing that's just like, oh, I feel like I should do that. But I think like Cole's saying, if you define the lifestyle you want and you picture yourself doing it, like, okay, so I want to travel this, you know, if you create what you want to do and why you want to do it in your in your purpose and passion and you can find that, then it's like, okay, well, I wonder how much that much, how much that costs. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, it actually cost me a million a year to live like that. Then you're going to see, okay, like, if I make a million a year, I'm, I can have this lifestyle like this and, and be fulfilled. Right. And that's way more of a pull than just, oh, $20 million because. Right. So I can buy shit. So I can buy shit. <laughs> and that's cool. Like, I'm not saying it's not cool. It's just, it's not going to give you any fucking emotion or drive to go and get it. It's just going to feel right. like a, a thing, just a, a thought. You either succeed or fail at. Yeah. And I mean, putting it at $20 million, I mean, <clears throat> there's people who are insanely successful that don't make that much money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what are you basing your success on? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I base my success on the smiles when I walk inside. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy to see me. They're happy. They're healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough. Yep. At least for now. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do all the traveling I want to with kids right now. Mm-hmm. My daughter's 10. Eight more years. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I'm not going to live one place for fucking longer than a year. I'm going to give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think trying to mimic other people, what makes other people successful, is a real quick way to torture yourself as well. Yeah. Someone might look at Gary Vee or or one of those, like, you know, fake gurus uh, online, right. be like, damn, they're successful. If you go try and be like Gary Vee, you're, you're uh, the core of who you are yourself is going to fucking hate that shit. Yeah. You know? You're not going to... You go try and mock or mimic someone else. Like, you can pick up inspiration from other people if you try and live someone else's life, you know? You're going to feel like a fake-ass bitch. And you're yeah. going to be... You're going to be a fake-ass bitch because you're trying to copy what someone else... And what someone else's success might... It, like I said, is just going to torture you. You're not going to feel like you're doing what you need to be doing. So... We don't want to be fake ass bitches. No, no, no fake ass bitches. No. We, make, we need to make take t-shirts that say that. Yeah, no I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> now this fucking screen printing thing is hard as balls, dude. Like my whole machine and everything's in there, but I just yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get right. Is what it is. That psychotic strength. It's uh, it started out as an apparel company. Okay. And I'm working on that shit. Just apparel for big ass dudes. You know, like. I like it. Sign me up. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, yeah. Yeah, that too. You can get huge too if you want. But I'm talking more of like uh, like shoulders wise. Oh, I got you. You know, because yeah. like a lot of my friends are like bodybuilders or powerlifters mm-hmm. or whatever. We look like idiots in suits. Like either we look fat as fuck or like fat guy in a little jacket. <laughs> you know? Or a fat guy in a little coat. You yeah. know? Like going to tear it. So that's definitely something I want to get to, but. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, realistic goals are, are huge. Uh, and I think that, you know, sometimes just setting something that may seem small to you, but accomplishing it mm-hmm. is definitely more important than setting something that seems... I always wanted to set my goals so high that they're definitely unattainable, but mm-hmm. try to get it as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. It was almost backfiring. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I just I felt like a failure every year. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this year's like like twenty thirty thousand dollars more than I wanted than I had last year. That's okay, mm-hmm. you know. Like I can do that for sure. That's like three more sales. I mean, yeah. I live in Washington, you know. Well, I had uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but I, I learned something from James not too long ago, and it was like a 
It was like a revelation for me. It was, uh, he asked me if I have self-confidence, and I said, no, not really. Like, I just don't, or I feel like I don't. And uh, he kind of explained to me that self-confidence is like the same thing as self-trust. So, like, if yeah. you if you intend to do something and then you don't do it, you lose trust in yourself. Like, if you if you have, like, I'm going to make five phone calls this week every day, and then you don't, you lose a little bit of self-trust because you're like, How, I can't, I guess, trust myself to do that. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to work on that. And the, not saying, like, being realistic, like, uh, I'm, I say to make five calls this week, and then, uh, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to make zero because I know I'm not going to do it, but trying to stick to it to build self-confidence to then, I guess, conquer the world. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, my wife is always like, uh, <clears throat> she says stuff like, like she thinks that I think I'm a god, right? Which I am immortal and, and all that other shit. I'm probably the strongest pe person anyone knows. But, <laughs> no, but the thing is, I have a lot of, I like the way you put that is self-trust. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of stuff I say I'm going to do, but I will not say I'm going to do something if I don't have every intention of doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't happen, it is not because I didn't try. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I ripped that off from Ed Bylett, too. Because okay. that was a... Just the way he put that was so true to me. And it's... Well, it just makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also need... <sighs> Not self-trust, right? I need other people to have my self-trust for me. Is that that making sense? How do, how do I word that? I need them to be able to trust me as much as I trust myself. Yeah. So when I say I'm going to beat someone's ass, <clears throat> I'm going to go out there and go do it, not even if I want to or not. Yeah. Because I said I'm going to, <laughs> yeah. and I need people to understand that fact that if I say something's going to happen, it's going to fucking happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a couple rules uh, in a kitchen and in school and all that other shit. One was like, you don't talk about my wife and kids. Like, we'll joke around all you fucking want, but don't joke about my wife and kids, and don't touch my tits. You do it, either of those two things, I will fucking hit you. Yeah. Because now I've guaranteed you that, mm -hmm. and I've also, like, set a respect boundary. Yeah. Like, you know this is where my boundary's at. If you're stepping over that, that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I need you to know I'm going to do that. So I've had to, <laughs> I've had to do it a couple times. Yeah. And it sucks, man, because maybe the guy's just fucking around. Maybe yeah. whatever. But at the same time, in order for him to just trust you in anything, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? But next time when I, he says, hey, can you cover a shift for me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I'll be there. He doesn't have to think about it. Because yeah. he knows if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That was just a stupid example. Yeah. Right? But... I need people to trust me as much as I do mm -hmm. because I trust me to do everything in my fucking power to do everything I say I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And that may not look great for everybody, but that's the way I live my life, man. Like, that's the only way. Yeah. And it comes off as arrogant, but... Well, I'm wondering if that's why the goals <clears throat> that were so large ended up feeling like that. Because if they're, if they're so large, you know that they're unobtainable, but you like something to go after. Right then it's almost like it could be something that decreases your self-confidence just because it you set yourself up to fail with good intention. But yeah, I'm still failing. But you still, yeah, and it's because you cre we created the goal. Right, but then, then you're running into the other part of that, is what happens if it's very attainable or too attainable. Yeah. I'm going to hit it and be like, done. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. Got it. <laughs> yeah, so I've always heard of SMART goals, and they, they're, you know, you've heard them, right? the fuck is the S? Oh, you're actually talking that. 
Yeah. I've heard of what smart goals are. Smart goals. What is it? Something. Forgot what the S is, but it's measurable, um, attainable, attainable, realistic. Realistic and, and something else. I do know what you're talking about. Forgot that. But I always struggle with the realistic part, right? Because what's realistic is so different depending on your beliefs. You and, know? Yeah, and who you are. Yeah. And because what? something realistic to me is definitely not realistic to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me, and, me wanting to pull or squat 800 pounds. Yeah. Right. That's realistic. I'm, I'm close. You know what I mean? But you trying to say you're going to accomplish that in a year, Oof. it's going to take longer than that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, and that's being realistic. Like, you can, I'm not saying you can't do it. It's not going to happen this year. Not safely. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. And I think people, <clears throat> people set too realistic of goals. But also, there's, there is, I understand what the meaning behind it is because it is easy to set ridiculous goals. You know? Right. I'm going to be in a Hollywood movie next year. It's like well, good fucking luck, <laughs> but that one even you you could almost argue that that one that's attainable. Yeah, because so what you're saying is you will be in one. Right now, you want to say you're going to star. You're going to be a nah. star of a Hollywood movie, and even that <clears throat> one is almost like well, it could. But the ones that are just so unbelievable, I'm going to be a NASA astronaut, and it takes at minimum, you know, yeah, like ten years, or ten years yeah. to be an astronaut. It's like. I get I get where they're coming from, but I think a lot of people have these really limiting beliefs that that prevent them from setting goals that they actually could achieve. So maybe looking at a goal like I will be as far as it's possible for me to be into the NASA program, so that I may attain my goal. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's like the right way to write mm-hmm. one of those things because it's a ten year process. Yeah. What happens if you're five years into it and you don't want to do it? You're not giving up on anything. You've yep. attained all those goals up until then. For the past five years, you've gotten as far as it's absolutely possible for you to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so why it's good to do these yearly like you've been doing, because things change. Yeah, your uh, your mom's got a class on this coming up. Oh, really? Yeah, it's while I'm gone in El Salvador. But yeah, Have you ever sick. done a goal story? No. Those are pretty sick. So, what the fuck is that? Vision boards, <laughs> vision boards are cool because they give you visual things to link your subconscious to right and you're thinking right. about them and seeing them all the time and, and this looks better not on my screen by the way oh it's <laughs> not just a man's I, 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 I could tell there is more <laughs> okay, you good. know this way or that just way just making so. sure I just I didn't want you to think new body and like I just wanted to touch this guy <laughs> I just thought you liked the lower halves of those no guys. no that's, that's Mauricio Pujanowski okay he's uh, one of the strongest men in the world he's won four times and he's also uh, an amazing fighter what a beast. He's a fucking animal. I mean, look at that. So he's a strong man. He's one of the world's strongest men, and he's got, like, abs and shit. Yeah, he yeah. looks like a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So, so goal story, it takes the same concept, and the whole idea is you're trying to get your subconscious to feel like you already have these things, or you're on your way to these things. Because, like, yeah. the... All this, all this vision stuff is just getting it deep inside you, so you feel like it's. Mm, yeah, what do you deep. think about that one? You can probably put some context around. That. <laughs> I don't know if I want it deep inside me, just relatively kind of there. Deeper than just the mental thought. So right. you know, you're you might dream about it or you're thinking about it, and, and the law of attraction is pulling you towards it. Right. But the goal story works works just as well, if not better, because what you do with it is take a time a year out, let's say, or two years out, or six months out, and some some important date where you would say, you would use all five senses, and you would write this story out like you're living a day in the life while achieving all these goals. Interesting. So you might wake up, and you roll out of your bed, and you have, uh, 
you know, you're next to your dream girl, like if you weren't someone who was married or something. And then you you walk on the marble floors and then you of your new house, right? And then you stand in front of the mirror and you're so thankful to see that you have spent so much time in the gym, right? And you, you have your new body, right? Then you walk outside and you just are walking your way through the day but referencing each one of these goals and you look on your um you check you see an alert come on your phone and it's a reminder of your flight to Fiji coming up tomorrow. You're already packed up in your um you know, Louis Vuitton suitcase if that's your thing. Like whatever however you created this goal story, you hit, you know, sight, touch, um, whatever the fucking other senses are. <laughs> you hit them all in the story and you write it all out and then you almost like are putting your mind through the exercise of having all those things be yours. And wow. I've done about three of those. And my previous coach uh, was the first one to, to, to reference that. And it was insane because when I go back and read them, almost everything has come true. And if it didn't come true, it's because I didn't know what I know now. Like, for example, I wanted a... Uh, like you could have had it, but you chose not to? Yeah, like I... Yeah. One of my goal stories was like I rented out my condo in Portland. And I just assumed when I bought... And that was before I even... Maybe it was when I had the condo, but I just assumed it would be a good rental. Then I learned more about investing and realized, oh, that's a terrible rental because the HOA is 400 bucks a month. So it's just not... It doesn't pencil out. So I sold it. But I still would want to get a different... You know, the idea behind that is real estate investing. So now my thought is maybe a, a Airbnb somewhere else, like a vacation property. So... Ooh. I guess everything came true. You know, it was like, I want a team of 18 employees doing $10 million a month in, in loan volume. And we did that like two years ago or last year. So wow. now we're at 30 and we're, I'm trying to get to 15 to $20 uh, million a month. So I think putting it in the story and reading it really gets it to where you feel like you already have it. And then it's just a matter of time for reality to catch up. 20 or 30, huh? Jesus. You know, it's funny too when you talk about that. <clears throat> I got, I tried to get recruit, or I got someone tried to recruit me, and he's like, the other woman on our team does like, like over a million dollars in sales a year. And I was like, wow, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, so you you made you possibly sold three. You know what I mean? Like price mm -hmm. range around here is fucking insane. Yeah. So you say ten to twelve million. Yeah. That's a very good number, right? But that's also like purchase price, right? Yeah. So that's that loan amount. Loan amount. Oh, oh that's very good. So, very but good. I mean, people are putting five percent down a lot of the times. Right. So we don't get get. You know, yeah, but it's still so like I get purchase price. Mm -hmm. Right. So no matter what, it's whatever it's purchased for. Whereas mm -hmm. you guys have factors that take away from your fucking underline. Yep. Or your your bottom line. So and you know, and you have to not be an asshole. If someone wants to wants to they're like do i put 10 or 20 percent down and you know you'll make a little bit more if they put 10 percent down but you know you always have a fiduciary duty to right. and, and sometimes man just a 20 percent down loan just looks so much better that you just you know what i mean uh -huh. you just want it to be that even if you make a little less but mm -hmm. i mean i think with the loan amount stuff you won't even notice so you're not going to really be counting it that close but yeah but yeah well that's crazy man my business is crazy all this is fucking crazy. <clears throat> Anything else you guys want to add real quick? Do you want to hit fitness? Oh, yeah, fitness. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, gym update. We're on the fucking psychotic strength. <laughs> All right, so... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got, then? Oh, uh, I don't got anything. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the I just wanted to touch on it because it's just such a struggle these days, you know, just oh, yeah. to stay. Um, I'm banned right now. From where? From going to the gym. From driving anywhere by myself. Oh, because what you saw, right. I, I yeah. did in my car. Damn. Like I got a couple hours of sleep last night. I'm like, I'm good. I can do it. And I got in the truck to help my mom move a mattress, and I'm passing the fuck out in the passenger seat. Damn. Like, I'm like, dude. So if especially at night, I'm already night blind. So it makes my eyes close even more. Mm. And as soon as they touch, they don't open for like five, six seconds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of banned from the the gym right now. Damn. Unless I can figure out a way to like either have my buddy take me or, or what. But he hasn't been going either. I'm thinking January I'll be ready. But That's good. Yeah, yeah it's just a lot of sex. I think the gym... <laughs> I think the gym's a... I don't know, a single successful entrepreneur that doesn't work out, you know? So I think it's... I'm sure there's some freaks out there, but they probably run or they probably do stretching or yoga or some sort well, of physical activity. I feel like, like what, what about, uh, what's his name? Facebook dude. Facebook guy. Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. He doesn't look like he goes to the gym. You know what I mean? You know what? I just thought of, uh, have you ever watched Ben Mala? No. <laughs> you should watch Ben Mala. He's on, uh, he's a real estate investor. Big... Stereo, like, dude, he's a stereotype of a fat cat from New York. Just oh, this God. big dude, chain smokes Newports, has this hilarious accent. He's a real estate investor and worth, who knows, $400 million. And he has a YouTube channel and he just guides you through his life. But I can guarantee you that dude doesn't work out. So I guess I found one and, and fooled, you know. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's people who don't do it, right? But they're at least, uh, I don't know, taking care of themselves? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, a big ass dude. You can't you can't stay that big and not take care of yourself. Yeah. So I mean, gym for me has just been something that keeps me level and sane. Hmm. If I can find a regular routine, I think I've I'm now coming to terms with the fact that I'm probably the progression for me is not really there anymore. Like I can I can change my goals and and you know gain a little bit. But the gains are gone. It's more about just a lifestyle, and so my workouts have been quitter or quicker, and um, I just more want to get the job done so I can feel good for through the rest of the day. And I'm not Good really enough. chasing, <laughs> I'm not really chasing PRs. Not yeah. really trying to um, do a lot of change, I guess. And that's a different mindset from when I first started. It was always this progression of, you know, more weight or more size or more something or or leaner now because I'm too big or or something. But now it's just a want to maintain so I can feel good through the rest of my life and it's it, it's gotten to be a little more enjoyable yeah yeah no I get it because sometimes I go to the gym and I'm just like fuck the whole time like getting out of the car is just like I don't want to yeah. you know but I'm here I'm just going to go inside I show yeah. up no one's there I'm just like fine I guess I'll work out whatever and how long have you been lifting <sighs> about 8 years it's yeah. about how long I've been lifting too so I think first 3 were fun you know yeah. even first Five, four, five. I was going seven days a week. Yeah, I'm just banging on it. I yeah. mean, all this shit that's been going on lately, I've actually been just about seven days a week mm-hmm. in the gym. But it's been pretty bad. I mean, I gained like twenty pounds or something like that. Still going to the gym, and that's fat, right? Like I, I had abs here for a little bit, so it was Dang fucking. Beast. Yeah, it looked really good. There were a lot of nudes sent. <laughs> I felt like everyone needed one. It was it was just out of fairness. Yeah, because okay, I wanted to fuck everybody. Yeah, right? absolutely. Just want to make that clear. Um, <laughs> no, man, but it's it's hard. I get what you're saying because right now it's kind of just sometimes it's just going through the motions, man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be there. I don't want to do it. Ugh. 
but I got to because I had goals, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas like you, you're saying you don't really have PR goals or anything like that. I, I have competitions I got to do next year and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've never taken the gym that I took it. I take it pretty seriously, but it's always been in a, an individual type of thing. So I never got on a team or anything or competed. So that could that could be why. Um, I also am natural. So there's this point where it just stops being fun. Like you jump on a program and you eat amazing, sleep amazing, and you, there's a point you just can't keep up with the program because of the sheer volume or the your body's just like, fuck you, dude. Like just literally yeah. stop. And you're yes. still pushing through you through really, willpower. You really got to stop being natural. It's no fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought about it. I thought about just a little little test. All right, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you also have to figure out who the fuck you're talking to and, and what you're doing and all that other shit. Because when I say stuff like that, <clears throat> people are always like, oh, you're just, like, pushing it and all that other stuff. No, I, I want somebody to come talk to me about it mm-hmm. is what I want. Like, I've been doing this. I've been lifting for eight years, juicing for probably about four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like... That's even not a lot of time, but it's a lot more time than than someone starting. Yep. And if somebody just wants to sell you shit, that's a lot different than them trying to help you actually build what you need to build. Because steroids are strong as fuck. Mm-hmm. If you took like 500 milligrams of test, you're going to be good to go. Mm-hmm. Where people are pumping like 2,000 a week. I know. I was doing a little research. I was even like, what about 250? What's wrong with 250? 250 will keep you normal. But then I heard... Uh, Unless your dick don't work. <laughs> seems to be fine. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just no, saying. No, if no, your com- dick don't work, hit 250 and you'll, you'll have work in dick. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no hit complaints. five and that dick will be a little overworked. But. I mean, it, wouldn't it, it has to pump me up a little bit. 250. 250? If I'm taking nothing right now. No, that's the thing, is it's replacing... With, see, this is why you need to talk to somebody. So, right. for, so okay, I think I know what you're saying. So what but you're doing ahead. is is at your you're a, you're a young man, you're 30, right? Yeah. It's only going to get worse from here. But mm-hmm. at the same time what you'd be doing with putting 250 in, your body will only take in that 250 and stop generating what you have. So you'll be basically the same normal shit you're at right now. Got it. Now, what I'm saying is if your dick doesn't work, that will be better mm-hmm. because there's no way that 250 inside your body yeah is less than what you have now. It would right. definitely be more. Right. So, but 500 is double that. So it'd be double at least what whatever was normally in your body. What are you on? <clears throat> water. <laughs> water. <laughs> uh, water no. and caffeine. There you go. Uh, yeah, caffeine is killing me right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Nicotine too, huh? Yeah. So that was a pouch I saw you shove in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like the caffeine and nicotine are the two things that... Uh, I was doing those mint pouches for a little bit. Yeah, the Zens. I don't know what the fuck they're called, but they were good. Yeah. uh, Last forever. I went from, well, I I like them because they, I used to smoke cigarettes, right? And that's just terrible for you and gross. You smell like grossness all the time. So at least this way I don't smell it. But I guess next step is, you know, when I want to, getting off of it. I just enjoy it, honestly, right now. Right, and that's that's the thing too. I mean, tell people to fuck off. Yeah. I mean, the cigarettes, I get. Because mm-hmm. if I'm walking around and someone's like smoking a cigarette next to me, I'll be like, can you fuck off? Yeah. I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. You mm-hmm. know, like you're you're intentionally blowing that shit around and it's irritating me. It smells bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to chew? You chew. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Don't spit it in my mouth. That's my... <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> right? Like, I mean... <laughs> Baby bird it. Yeah. No, yeah, don't even my, chew it. That's my thing, too. Caffeine and nicotine. I love them. But, you know, they, they go you through... You smoke, too? 
Um, I used to. Oh, shit. Okay. I smoked cigarettes for five years when I was uh, 17 to 21-ish, maybe four, four and a half years. You but look like that guy. What do you mean? Like that, that marble man. Yeah, <laughs> boy. Yeah. You I should did, be on I did, Yeah, marbreds. <laughs> what else? You know, camel, camels, camel crushes. I like uh, camel crushes. I was never a new. I was never a Newport man, oh, but I was a Newport man for a little bit. It was the yeah. worst decision I've ever made in my life. And then um, I chewed for a year after that. I always chewed. Uh, I chewed to stop smoking, and then I, I quit for real. And I quit for real for about five, six years, something like that. Then I was like, "This is fucking boring, dude." And then I got into smoking cigars. Oh, okay. I love cigars. That's my favorite thing. <clears throat> I do hear that's its own thing. Like, I mean, people can smoke cigarettes all they want, but, like, when you sit down with a sexy-ass cigar, mm-hmm. that's that's much different than, like... Yeah, I think you still get you still get hooked, or you, there's still the potential to get hooked, but it's a much different type of thing. It's almost like... Much fucks you up. If you got... If you got, like... That's funny. A cigarette's an instant thing. Like, you could smoke a cigarette from the car to the movie theater, right? Cigar takes 30 to 30 minutes to an hour and a half. So you have to have some time in your day. Usually it's like a maybe every day after dinner I'll have one. Or I'll have one after lunch and then after dinner. But you can still go to a movie without feeling like you need to bring a can with you or go on a plane and like go you can go a day without needing it. Even though you probably have a few times throughout the day where you're like damn that would be nice, but you're able to move on. It's less of an immediate like got to fucking get you know, get this feeling away. Well, get I smoked. Uh, I went to the Dominican Republic, and they handed me out like this fucking forearm-sized cigar. <laughs> I'm like chugging on it, and I was it was so bad, dude. Fuck me up, because I don't smoke at all. Like I don't do nicotine. It's really not a big thing. I mean, when I used to smoke weed, I mean uh, the blunt wraps, <clears throat> some grape swishers all day, every day. You yeah. know, but <laughs> but I don't I don't do that shit anymore. But I smell a grape swisher, and my mouth starts watering. <laughs> Like, I don't give a fuck what's in it, dude. I'm like, yeah. Mm. And the only reason I don't smoke weed is just because I don't got time for that shit. Yeah. You know? Like, I got shit to do today. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be even more unmotivated. Yeah. And I don't need help eating. <laughs> like, God damn it. Yeah. When, uh, when COVID hit, I started, uh, uh, we started out with fucking edibles. Because I couldn't go to the gym. And so I, I was not sleeping. Like I Like, I couldn't sleep because my body couldn't go to bed like it was so yeah late. what about that for your sleep apnea was that impossible edibles and shit well that yeah. so that's the problem so that's what i'm getting at is that uh i i jump in dick first right whatever whatever i do so we we're doing edibles and it was like a quarter of an edible like the gummies mm-hmm. every night and it was helping and then it was half of one and then it was half of one at like noon right. see how that day goes <laughs> yeah. you know and then Long story short, I'm puffing on joints in the backyard again, <laughs> yeah. like hacking up a lung. So my lungs are fucked from the amount of weed I used to smoke. So if I cough too hard, they'll close. Mm. And I have to like slowly work them back open. Mm. And it's fucking terrible. Like, yeah, it feels like you're going to die. It's, How so. did you smoke more weed than me? Because <laughs> I used to smoke a shitload of weed. I'm an amazing businessman. <laughs> okay, so... Every morning I would wake up and roll two packs of Swishers every morning. That's ten blunts, right? And that's just how I started my day. We'd be, I'd be in there smoking on, on a bong, yeah. in the shower, rolling the fucking blunts all day. And what I did is I did it with all the bottom of the bag shit, mm-hmm. right? So it's still good weed, right? But what I do is I meet with somebody, hey, you want to smoke a blunt? Sure. And I would just stare at him. I'm like, okay, throw it down then. 
And they would just keep throwing down, and I would just keep staring at them until they were done throwing down. Take that good shit, throw it back in the bag, whip mm. out this shit. You just paid me full price for fucking garbage weed. Or the <laughs> yeah. shit you wouldn't have paid full price for, right? Yeah. So at least ten blunts a day. That's just to my own brain. And not to mention the, the side shit or whatever else if I Damn. ran out or you parties might or whatever. More weed than me. I probably smoked <laughs> about a half an ounce to an ounce a day of weed. I wouldn't feel like I smoked an eighth or something a day. An eighth? Yeah. You you think you smoked a lot of weed. You smoked an eighth a day. <laughs> an eighth a day was the most weed out of all my so people. Every one of my friends group. I got to the point where it didn't look like a blunt. It looked like the swish. It looked like an eighth. <laughs> So I could fit probably an eighth in each of these blunts. Damn. An eighth a day. He's thinking he smokes a lot of weed, dude. I'm like, fuck. I, I would hack up balls of resin from my throat. Like Damn. From in my lungs and shit. Yeah. Like, Do you think you could you think you smoke more than Snoop Dogg? No. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, back in the day, maybe I could have kept up a little, but the difference was, like, it's my weed. So it's all the same shit. Whereas, like, he's got so much money, so much different weed, so much all that other shit, like, you're hitting indicas and sativas of different levels, like, constantly, like, fuck, like, I wouldn't even be able to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how, I would hide under a blanket. <laughs> yeah, I I thought that when I saw the dab thing come out. I'm watching a video, like, they're smoking with Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg's like, I'm stick with the blunt, homie, like, uh-huh. whatever, and this dude, like, drips this giant booger into this thing with a torch, and it just, and then he passed the fuck out. Yeah. I'm like, that is unnecessary, I sir. Bet, I bet Snoop Dogg, Dogg does not fuck with that. I bet he doesn't. Yeah, well, I mean, why probably, would you? Flower yeah. tastes so much better. It smells yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck who's smoking weed anywhere. I'm always like, ooh, you're smoking weed. Like, yeah. they're all you want to hit? No, I'm so here, bro. Like, that just smells good shit. You know? Like, <laughs> the BC Kush? We going Cali on this one? What's yeah. up, dude? Like... <laughs> Dude, I went in the I went in the weed store the other day and bought a, a couple joints for my friend because she was out and uh, she was just having a bad day and she couldn't leave. She had her kid with her. And so I go into the store and I'm like, hey, all right, I need like a quarter. And she's all, like, money? I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Like, what are you talking about? An eighth? She's like, uh, uh, like four grams? I'm like, I hate you. Get the fuck out of my face, you little tiny girl, you. I was so mad. I was like, find me an adult. And she's like, what does that mean? I said, keep asking people if uh, if they know what a zip is. And when they say yes, send them my way. Because I'm not dealing with your bullshit here. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, it was. It, she was funny. so mad. She was so pissed. And the old lady that came up to help me was laughing. Like, so I know. I know. I'm like, I feel like you should at least have to sell weed to be selling weed. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so weed illegally to be able to sell it legally? Yeah. Kind of it's yeah. funny. I used to sell weed, but I can't remember any of the, um, the, the lingo? weights. I remember the lingo. I just yeah. can't remember how many grams. <sighs> What's 28 point something? 26.8? Is that how many? 128 is like... An ounce? No. 16 ounces... Is a pound. I know that much. Right. Yeah. So quarters and eight. So how many grams is an ounce? Huh? Who fucking knows, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been ounce? like that little an ounce. So, about. Okay, so you're right. <laughs> an ounce is what, like, yeah, three three hundred dollars for an ounce. So yeah, two twenty six. 
26 grams to an ounce? That's what I thought it was. 26.8 Okay, so maybe you're, grams to an ounce. Maybe you're there. I, I just know. I was like 17. I can't remember the... I stopped dealing with ounces a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was selling bags of shit. You're on yeah. the pounds now. No, we, we were doing keys and shit. They're all wrapped up with <laughs> yeah. saran wrap. You have to take a knife and... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> just pull it open. Go ahead and listen to some of these podcasts. It'll explain to you what happened to me at like 18. I had, right. I had a Jimmy, a GMC Jimmy, and it was packed. Full of saran wrap, pounds and pounds and pounds of weed. And I got pulled over for going 10 miles under the speed limit. Because I'm three blunts in and I'm trying to drive to Seattle. I'm barely in Cowlitz County. I'm like, yeah. ha! You know? like, I had a system in my car. It was fucking terrible, dude. It was just a bad day. Going to jail sucks. <laughs> oh, you went to jail. Yeah, I went to jail and then uh, <laughs> I had probably like, I don't know, 100 pounds or so back there. Jeez. And like fifteen grand, and then I had that was that was that was business money, mm-hmm. and plus like three or four grand of my own fucking money. I go to court, and the guy's reading out. He's like, "So you had two and a half ounces and like three hundred dollars, and the things that's gonna get you real bad is the scales." And I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like, well, like I'm not gonna be like, "No, I had way more weed money than that." Yeah. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. The guy gave me just enough. To count it as a felony. Just enough to <laughs> yeah, count it? Yeah. Anything mm-hmm. over two and a half ounces is a fucking felony. At least when I was selling weed. Damn. Mm-hmm. And so was, he gave me just enough. And the thing that actually popped me with, which was uh, possession with intent to distribute, was the scale, little scale, mm-hmm. not my fucking four other big ones that were in there. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Ziplocs. Mm. Yeah. Damn. That's what got me. And I'm like, there was a good. Probably a hundred grand worth of shit in that car. <laughs> she wouldn't let me keep anything in the house. Bongs, pipes, steamrollers, everything. Like 15, 20 pieces of paraphernalia, cash, scales, fucking everything. Dang, yeah, yeah, operation on wheels. I was just making a delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a small enough delivery for me to go. And it, I liked the guy. So yeah. I was bringing it with, him, with me and we were just going to get high. Mm-hmm. And go yeah. to like fucking whatever the... The port is, or whatever the fuck in Seattle, what is that? Fisherman's Wharf or whatever? Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to go to? He wanted to take me around over there. Hmm. He's like, we can walk around with a blunt in our mouth and nobody cares. I was like, cool, man. Sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it. <laughs> but the other thing, too, so I do good business. I got fucked for all that. No one else. Nice. You know, like, <clears throat> I'm not saying I didn't snitch, because I didn't. I'm not a pussy. But I had no reason to snitch either. Mm-hmm. I made all that shit. That's all my money. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wasn't getting fronted nothing. So that's a whole new podcast. Where are we at? <laughs> yeah. 120. Jesus. Okay. That's minutes. Let's do a shout out. You got one, huh? Yeah. I was trying to think about it. <laughs> I swear you said yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Um, Cole, how about you give a shout out? Shout out? Uh, I'll shout out my beautiful fiance Takara. She's at home packing, and I'm over here chilling. Packing? So, yeah. Just she's about, packing that heat. <laughs> she better be. Pa- yeah. Packing all of our stuff. We're getting ready for a move, so. Where are you moving? Uh, East Vancouver area. Oh, so over here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit, well, where, you gotta have to let me know where. We'll yeah. do some barbecues and shit. Hell yeah, dude. That's I have people good. coming over all the time. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm down, we actually have, I mean, we've been apartment life living for Ooh, a long time now, yeah. so 
we're actually going to have a backyard. Ooh. Yeah, I'll actually be able to actually barbecue. <laughs> yeah, you, you buying or mm-hmm. just moving? Oh, okay, buying, cool. Yeah. Finally, man. I know. Jesus. I know. It's, it's been a process. and It's funny, when I first started working for DC, I, I was talking to James, and I think I had like a... Like I first told them my my goal to buy a house was like five or ten years or something like yeah. that, and then I've only been like, working. Yeah, here. fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> you work in the industry, you're gonna be buying houses all day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's like a year and three or so months, and it's already happening. So. Damn! Yeah. Congrats, dude. That's that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, we're we're very excited. Oh shit! Yeah, you're gonna have to let me know. Your brother lives right up the street from here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, uh, Seven. Off plane, kind of, a little bit. Well, yeah, right, yeah, like, literally three blocks mm-hmm. north. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, I know exactly where he lives, yeah. but... I'm the type of person, yeah. I've, it, if I don't, like, I have a very hard time finding where I'm going. Yeah. If I'm not coming from where I live, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, being here, and you, if you told me, like, go to your brother's house from here, I'd need to Google, like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I GPS everything. Yeah? yeah. I, so, I, I'm pretty good, just because I do the real estate part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I can almost... I, you can just tell me cross streets, and I can probably figure out where, where it is. Right? Mm-hmm. I try not to use Google as much as possible, but I usually have to. But yeah, it's, I definitely never know. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fucking good at finding addresses, yeah. all right? There we go. You got one yet? Uh, I'll shout out my business coach, Roland Cochran. Changed my life. Roland, Roland Cock. <laughs> no, I can't. Rolling I can't do that to him. No, dude, dude's All the right. man. Dude's right. the man. Can't, can't do it. Can't do <laughs> it. It's such an awesome dude that, dude, I just couldn't do it. No, that's fine. <laughs> he didn't giggle. I promise. Um, yeah, my shout out's gonna be. Uh, uh, I probably should have had one sooner. Oh, I don't, oh fucking uh, Brady. Chisholm, he'll be here next week, um, but he just had this competition uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, and they all did really well, all the guys from my gym, so I want to shout out all those dudes for busting their fucking ass and doing that. I know Craig, the owner of the gym, he competed yesterday. I saw something about he had like a cramp or some shit while he was pressing, I don't fucking know, but there's always something with that guy, he's (laughs) old as fuck, that's what happens, dude. (laughs) Should have been better in your prime, Craig. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm still stronger than you, Craig. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Brady, and then all the dudes over there, Aaron and uh, Alex, and yeah, a bunch of dudes went out. Alec, or Alex, I can't remember. We don't hang out enough. Anyways, those are my shout-outs. Let's go. Thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Oh, I'm just going to ask you guys my dumbass question. Oh, hit me. I, I didn't actually write one down, which sucks, but uh, I've liked this one quite thoroughly, and I like to hear people's thoughts. If you had to give up either brushing your teeth or wiping your ass, which one would you do? Coal? You would You would do coal. <laughs> no, I want, I, want to hear what he says. I want to hear what he says first. Brushing my teeth or... That's tough. <laughs> no, it's not. It, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I already know exactly what I'm going to do. Well, I think it would be wiping my ass because I could take a shower. Oh, you're kind of you give up, but wiping, you can't wiping you can't. your ass. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, then exactly you could just take a shower. But so you you went the other way. I would give up brush my teeth immediately. No, that's insanity. No, <laughs> how the fuck are you gonna clean your mouth? Just eating lots of shit. I'll eat gum. I'll have fucking five packs of gum. 
I will. No. I will. Uh, That's gross. That hits people in the face, dude. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to be technical about the question, yeah, I could floss and mouthwash, and just be chilling. And right, gum right. on top of that. And gum. Yeah. And still wipe my ass, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I'm with him. I, I like to I, shit before a shower, anyways. Can you can you even can you even wipe your ass in the shower? Do you not have one of those movable head? No, like, I mean how long have you been married? I don't mean in real life. Are you capable? I mean in, in <laughs> regard to this question. In this if you can't well, wipe if your you ass, can floss and fucking mouthwash. You can definitely go in there and blow out the extra. No, I'm saying if you're married, you got to have one of those pull downable ones uh, for the non masturbation women. <laughs> we we <laughs> used to, but. We built our house and it has like the rain shower head thing. Oh, that's wonderful. It just, like goes straight down. Or it goes, actually, it's come out the side, but. It so there's work. no tub involved anywhere? There's a tub. Oh, okay. Then yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's where she's, she'll be. Jacuzzi at. tub. Oh. With the jets we've used three times in the whole time we've been there. Maybe we. Sure. But. <laughs> that's funny, man. I mean, my wife used to get so pissed at me. Like, it's cheating. That's where we got into this. It's cheating to masturbate. And then I found out she's in there blasting her shit with a fucking, with the goddamn thing you pull, what is it, the shower head? Yeah. She, that's why she wanted the unattachable one. She's like, it helps you clean better. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Really? No, she's just fucking blasting herself with it. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, because you're not touching you? That's how this works? Whatever. I can get someone to not touch me. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'd be technical and shit. God, dude, if I just had a shitty ass right now, it would just be a bad time. So I know for sure what. Dude, I gotta say, some swamp ass is probably the worst. I'd rather have a yuck mouth than a swamp ass yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah. Like so. if there's okay, if, okay, let's go back to that real quick, real quick. If there's no way to remedy the situation, that's how I brush your it. teeth or wipe your ass. Mm-hmm. Which one would you give up? Like I'm talking, you can't wipe your ass. So yeah, you get to shower. But that's once a day. Yeah. So if you've already showered that day, you still got a poopy ass. The more I think about it, if you get in a really good routine and you always shower after, I'm talking you have your diet down, you have your body clock down to where you go first thing in the morning. I shit four times a day. I don't understand how you can do that. Like, that's confusing. You got it. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to dial on that diet. I am dialing that diet. How I can you only shit all up inside me? You gotta eat less fiber. <clears throat> fiber is good for you. Constipate yourself, and then you can only <laughs> lots of cheese. Get, huh? get down to that one time a day, <laughs> then you can shower after and brush your fuck teeth, and you're chill. No, <laughs> well, fuck, fuck everything about the whole question. All right, that's you know? fun. <laughs> yeah, then you can turn on the massager and just <laughs> yeah, water blast your shit. <laughs> Anyways, all right, man. Thank you guys for coming. Fuck yeah, dude. Great time. I'm not fucking...